Hello, hello. Welcome to a special episode of the Digester Productions podcast. It's not an official one. This is going to be like 35 and a half, I guess we'll say. Uh, just just two people today. I'm your host, Jay Monsters, or Josh, as always. And joining me today, welcome back again to Yagami. Thank you for being here. Thank you kindly for having me yet Thank again. You. Yeah, I'm really excited. We mentioned, I think, at the end of our the last time you were on that we'd have like a Dark Souls sort of themed episode and then it got so hectic and finally i was able to you reached back out to me actually as i was searching for guests and you mentioned doing this again and i was like yes let's get it done and uh here we are i'm excited oh I'm yes excited. <laughs> when it's come to but when it comes to talking about dark souls i'm always mm-hmm. there there's okay. always something to talk about <laughs> so uh yeah it's just us two tonight kyle's not here uh he's not a fan of dark souls but I didn't want to make him suffer through it, <laughs> but we're gonna be all we're gonna be all about it here. Um, so we're gonna kind of work through an order. I guess I'll lay out sort of what we're doing. We're not gonna go like in depth with everything, more of like a general sort of experience and how it relates to people and like things like that. What makes uh, the Souls series special to us gamers? Exactly. Why? Yeah. What attracts us to it? What's the mystique behind it? Exactly. So we'll kind of go in order. We'll do Demon Souls, which you haven't played. Um, then yes. we'll do Dark Souls 1, 2, 3, yes. and uh, we'll move on from there. Um, so I guess, yeah, first things first. So like Demon Souls, like you said, you hadn't played it, and I remember I had no idea what it was. When I don't, I really don't even remember why I bought the game. I have no memory of, of actually purchasing it. But it was one of those games um, that I, it just sucked me in. I Like I said, I had no idea what it was, and I just got so into it. It was, it's, I knew then I was like, this is a game that I'm going to play constantly after I beat it. I'm going to go back and play it again. And I did. And it was just so much fun. I, it, like I said, it's, it's, it's called Demon Souls and there's no sequels to it, but Dark Souls is basically the successor to it. And it, if you go back and play it, you'll see that it's very familiar to Dark Souls. Um, but it, it definitely had its own sort of feel to it. Like it definitely felt unique as uh, as far as uh, like Dark Souls, Demon Souls goes. It, it definitely felt a little bit different. It came out, I think, in 2009, the, at the beginning of 2009. Something and, of the sorts, yes. Yeah. And I, again, I would have been, I would have been like 12 or 13 when I, uh, when I got that. I think 12. <laughs> and so like I wasn't... I don't know if I was really the age group they were targeting with it at the time, but I kind of loved it. It it felt like Dark Souls seems more streamlined overall. I think they've polished it off as they've kept making the games. Like each one seems a bit more polished and perfected. Demon Souls felt more like a I don't know. You're just kind of thrown into the mix and and you had to survive. They were, they expected you to really grind your way through it, as opposed to the new ones where you know, it. I don't want to say they're easier, but and that also could just be because I'm more experienced with them now as well. But it just felt like a really rough, have at it sort of game, and I really enjoyed it. Some of the bosses were very difficult back in the day. Now, if I went back and played it when the remaster comes out, I might do a little bit better at them. But some of the bosses were real struggles for me. I really liked them. Uh, one of them was Flame Lurker. He is like a he was like a demon, kind of ran on all fours a lot, and he would jump around and set you on fire, and it was 
it was so brutal. I think that was one of my favorite games for the bosses. Honestly, they had that. Uh, Dragon God was another one. It's this giant, huge dragon that you attacked indirectly, um, where you had to like run back and forth, take cover behind these pillars, and then they'd get destroyed by like his attacks and his flame breath. And then you have to run to these like uh, ballistas that would shoot these giant arrows into him and deal damage. And it was it was a ton of fun. It was just a lot of fun. I think he's in like the trailer for the original game, maybe. I don't recall exactly. But just stuff like that is it's just it felt really old school. Like when I went back and looked at it before the podcast here. It was just uh it's just so much fun. And I'm excited for the remaster to come out. Yeah, that's the number one thing you notice is that mm-hmm. it's the word of mouth. It's one of yeah. those things that is kind of lost these days. Dark Souls mm-hmm. and the Soul series in general have this quality of, have you not played this game? Man, it's yeah. so amazing. And then you just go on and say exactly what you said. It left an impact on you, mm-hmm. be it the boss or like is it any boss or any region or whatever specific thing in it. It's yeah. something that had impact on you. And you want others to do so. It, it doesn't even need conventional marketing. And as you yeah. notice, Dark Souls doesn't really have that much conventional marketing. Not they just really, no. have this product, they make it, they release it, and it's up to you whether you like it or not. It's like, okay, we're going to make a game. We're going to make a game. We have our own vision. Miyazaki has his own vision. Yeah. He will release it. You're probably going to like it. But if you don't, it's fine. Mm. We're trying our best to do something here. But if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. And I remember talking to a friend of mine who is into game design, and he said, basically, Miyazaki broke every major rule for game design. Everything that you're not supposed to do, he did in Dark Souls. Especially at the time that it dropped, be it 2009 or 2013 for Dark Souls. It really didn't matter because because at the time, people were accustomed to mini-maps, people were accustomed to waypoints, checkpoints, and everything. Yeah. It was supposed to be the evolution, the next best thing. And mm-hmm. the Call of Duty were in the scene, and most of the single-player games there were kind of similar, you know. So the older 90s experience kind of was lost. Yeah. So, of course, when you get Demon Souls, and the problem with Demon Souls is because it was released on console, that this was my original problem why i didn't play it it wasn't because Mm -hmm. i didn't like it i have friends of mine were talking about it i remember one of my friends saying demon souls and comparing it to nightmare creatures which Mm -hmm. is one of his really 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 favorite games it's adam (laughs) Adam crowley's nightmare creatures it's a really old games on the ps2 and everything and he loves it so the second he sees demon souls he jumps right at it he recognized (laughs) the atmosphere and it was something that draws him in Mm-hmm. Obviously, like I said, we are accustomed to hard games from the arcade era, so that was a plus for us. It was kind of like a nostalgia. Even yeah. though the game was new, it was still, you know, right there. So there you go. For me, the problem, I hear exclusive, console exclusive, I just turn around. I yeah. can't play it. And at the time, YouTube wasn't really too big and playthroughs and everything weren't roaring outside. So... Yeah. You couldn't just go watch someone play the game. It's either mm-hmm. you play the game or you can't play the game. So yeah, Demon one Souls th- kind of went over my head. Yeah, one of the things too that was different is it it had a hub in, in like the Dark Souls games, right? You you have like the Firelink Shrine area, you have like the the central hub area, and then you make your way out of there to the other areas. 
you kind of depending on which direction you go takes you to a certain uh part of the world with demon souls you had a hub area and i think there were five portals like you went up to a thing and activated it and that teleported you to that world isn't so dark souls 3 kind of reminiscent of uh, demon souls i think dark souls 3 is kind of like demon souls because you have the firelink shrine area and if you need to go somewhere you just need to teleport hard somewhere yeah else. in that case yes you're right you're right but with demon souls the hub area was completely separate like it didn't connect to like you couldn't just walk out of it to an area where i mean i to be fair, that is how it is in, in Dark Souls 3 as Dark well. Dark Souls 3, yeah. There's, there isn't much in the hub area. There's you're right. You, you're right in that case. Yeah, yeah. that you start in. And then uh, if you want to play the real game, you have to go to the high yeah. wall of Lothric. Yeah. After that, though, most of them are pretty well connected, like all the other worlds. With Demon Souls, none of the outside areas are connected to each other. Each one is its own contained area. Um, But they all felt unique as well. Like, they... You have, like I said, like the, uh, it starts out in like a dusty, like sort of like mountainside mine sort of area. And that led down to the fire lurker. And then eventually the dragon god, I believe, was through there. Um, then you have like the castle sort of area, you know, the build up like castle city sort of area. Um, there's one where it's like a coast. I think you fight your way down through like a skeleton sort of, uh, not necessarily a cemetery, but like underground sort of area. And eventually it led out to a coast, and they had a thing called the Storm King, which is this giant manta ray that flies through the sky. That was uh, an interesting fight. Um, yeah, I remember about- watching yeah. someone on the stream because I'm trying as much and I, as hard as I can to evade anything Demon Souls related. Like I said, <laughs> I would like to play it, and I the thing that's why I'm interested in these these things. The second I saw him playing, I got mm-hmm. extremely interested. Yeah. So. I don't know where he was, what he was doing there, but it was some sort of a cell area, like a dungeon area. And mm-hmm. it was a bit hard because it was multi-leveled and he was like, I don't know if he was going up or down, but I just was briefly glancing. I didn't want to look too much, yeah. but it was interesting. It was dark and it was hard <laughs> as yeah. usual. And it was a challenge and I loved it. I yeah. know I'm going to love Demon Souls. Because of Absolutely. Pain. Yeah, the only thing, and I know people have complained about this, are some of the bosses aren't really bosses right they're basically npcs that sit there and let you just kill them and i think that's the case for at least two if not three of them and i know that was something people complained about even the final boss of the game and i don't want to spoil too much for you wasn't what i was expecting i guess is one way to put it and even still love the game absolutely loved the game it has its own unique feel compared to a the Dark Souls games, and it it was fantastic. Cannot wait for the remake to come out. I'm super excited for it. It looks fantastic. The same as I, like I said before, I am looking forward to it. Even though, I don't know if, you, if people know this or not, but there is an emulator, I think it's PCSX2 on the PC, mm. and it's actually running Demon Souls 60 FPS 4K. So Interesting. It's pretty pretty good and yeah. there was some uh articles on ign and uh, pc gamer about it and i saw the videos and it was quite good but again yeah. it's not going to be as good as a remaster because we've seen the comparison videos and uh, the screenshots and it's promising yeah. so we'll wait for that and see if not 
I still have the 4K edition, <laughs> so yeah. I, I can just play that. If I want the true authentic uh, experience, I can just do the emulator thing. Yeah. That's one of the best things I like about PC is that some piece of history is going to be preserved forever, the way it is. Yeah. The the one other thing too is the controls are a little bit more clunky with Demon Souls. We'll see if in the remake they uh, improve it a little bit. They might. Oh, they should. They should. Yeah, they need to make it a little bit more modern. The controls, especially since they like polished them off so well for Dark Souls. Uh, it would be interesting. We're not the first Dark Souls, but we'll get there. We're coming there. Yeah. Yeah. Not the first uh, one. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it though. Like I said, I'm very excited for it. Uh, so we'll move on to the first Dark Souls game since it's something you've definitely played. Um, I guess I'll let you go first on this one since I talked so much about Demon's Souls. Like, what was your experience overall with the first Dark Souls? Like, how did you get into it? And Man. First impression, I, think, I guess. Yeah, I think Dark Souls is something that I connect to me, that connects to me personally. It's something, yeah. some sort of an experience. It's not a video game. Mm-hmm. And... So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I'm trying to gather my thoughts about this and trying to remember the time because, again, like I said, yeah. uh, what I want to touch, because I can't talk about Dark Souls, especially Dark Souls, because Dark Souls 3 is amazing, but not as impactful as 1. I prefer mm-hmm. Bloodborne and Dark Souls 3, yes, but Dark Souls 1, like I said, is an experience for me. It's mm-hmm. something else. So let's just say without getting too much into my private life, it goes without saying, this is a game (laughs) in a podcast. Let's just say that I haven't really been dealt a good. If if life is a card game, my hand currently is not that good. And it's not just that. The place that I'm playing that card game is not that good, and the Mm. people around that card game aren't that good. So I was having, and I'm still having to deal with all of those things be it Mm -hmm. luck, be it fate, be it whatever we want to call it. So let's just say that in 2000 and whatever year I was first played Dark Souls, I think it was 13 or late 13 or something, but because I was hyped for it when they announced it for PC. And as soon as it dropped, I got it without Mm -hmm. a say. So like I said, I was down in the slums and I needed something. And Dark Souls came in. Now, I didn't play RPG games. I wasn't familiar with those things. I didn't know those stats. I didn't know how those games kind of progressed uh, because of the trauma I had with Secret of Mana, like I said, or Final Fantasy, Mario 3D, all of those old uh, 90s RPGs. I kind of had this stupid idea that every RPG game or MMORPG is basically a role-based game. Where you attack and they attack. It's like a Final Fantasy like. And of mm. course it's not the case. No, it's not like that at all. <laughs> As I played Dark Souls, I knew it's not the case. Yeah. So I remember at the same time, <laughs> like I said, I was down in the slums, but I had the gamer in me. And the gamer in me had played a ton of games. I've been mm. playing since the early nineties, since God Ghouls and Goblins and you know, <laughs> Prince of Persia and all those things. So let's just say I had and I still have a good experience in gaming. So when they, the articles and the, you know, the videos started dropping about Dark Souls and being the hardest games and, you know, the hardest game and being a really challenging thing, yeah. I was like thinking, eh, man, these younger guys, they don't know how to play video games. 
Let me show them. The second this game drops, yeah. I will slay it. Yeah. Little did I know the challenge <laughs> that I was facing. Little did I know. So the game drops. Number one problem that I shouldn't have done. You shouldn't play Dark Souls with a keyboard and mouse. That's the number one problem. <laughs> and to top it off, the PC version, the early PC version was extremely bad. And oh, because I, okay. yeah, I was a bit into a bubble, I did not know that there is this guy who's like a god in the Dark Souls scene mm. who made a small file called DS Fix that basically makes Dark Souls playable. I think he made it in less than a week. It was kind of a patch, an unofficial patch that became the number one thing you download after Dark Souls. It just made the game playable, be it scaling the resolution, making the frame rate good. You know, the controls were better. So, Mm. and I didn't have it, of course. I didn't have it. Why would I? So I played the game as is from the CD into the computer and started playing. The biggest problem wasn't the keyboard. The keyboard was fine. Like you can play with the keyboard, but the mouse, it yeah. didn't feel like it worked like in circular way or fluid motion. It felt like the screen was big tiles, like huge pixels. So oh, if you okay. move, yeah, if you move your character, it doesn't, if you try to look, it doesn't look normally because it was a port, of course. It was poorly ported, mm. it goes without saying. It doesn't move smoothly it goes from one tile to the others so let's just say there is an enemy between those two tiles if you want to aim on it you can't you have to move and adjust your aiming in order to get it and it made the situation so hard (laughs) crossing a small bridge might not be a good you know it's not a good (laughs) deal like i'm talking about the new london bridge the first one there is the water if you remember it yeah for people it's nothing that's just a bridge. Well, for me, it was a problem because the mouse sensitivity was too big. And <laughs> if I made the false move, my character will just go left or right, and I will just drop into the water. I died a couple <laughs> of times there. So that's a problem. But the biggest one is lack of knowledge. When I mm. first installed the game, I didn't know what the game is. I started the tutorial area. It was fine. I got to Firelink Shrine, and there's the problems. That's where the problem started. Yeah. Of course, like most people who started playing the game blindly without understanding or having an experience, like you, for example, for Demon Souls, I went straight to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And I thought this was, you know, I kind of made it look like Devil May Cry in my head or God of War, <laughs> which I played. I thought it was that way. Yeah. So I go in, rushing her down, and I start swinging. First thing I notice, I have a stamina bar. I only mm-hmm. swing twice and then nothing. And of course, the skeletons were higher level than me, and I get destroyed. And because, you know, I get tilted, I didn't understand that there are other ways, or let's just say the right way, which is the Underberg, I didn't notice until a month later, because I stopped playing. (laughs) (laughs) I got so destroyed that I stopped playing for three weeks, until the fourth week, which is a month later, kind of, then I decided, you know what? I have to do this. This is a challenge that I need in my life, and I have to do this. And of course, yeah. when I restarted playing, I didn't go to the cemetery, but I get one to New Londo, which is even worse because there's the ghosts. That was a problem. <laughs> but coming into the experience, I think overall what made me love Dark Souls mm-hmm. is that that 
torture that I had from the skeletons, the torture that I had from the ghosts, that perseverance, not only it is part of the game, it's part of the mm-hmm. story of Dark Souls, but it resonated directly into me. I was in mm-hmm. a place where I kind of started giving out on life. Yeah. There's, you know, depression, many things not happening, doors shutting in your face. Life is getting tighter and tighter in you. And here it is, this game that is just basically like your own life. And you don't start as some sort of a chosen hero with mighty powers. You're just like anyone else. A skeleton without a head is better than yeah. you. So yeah. you have to persevere. You have, if you die, you have to come back. And death into that game is part of the lore of the game. It's not mm-hmm. just you dying. It's something that happens as an undead. And like I said, translates directly into my life. I yeah. stopped, like I said, for a month, but there's something that ignited within me. As I was thinking about Dark Souls when I stopped playing it, mm-hmm. it just something that was telling me I needed to play this. I needed this in my life. And by the time I finished Dark Souls, I had a new perspective. It was like a motivational speaker. It was like that person that comes into your life and tells you, you know what? There is more to this. Don't mm-hmm. give up. And if you could conquer Dark Souls, you probably should go better through life. And to be honest, it's almost like a savior. I know for some people they are laughing at this, but trust me, when you're down on the slums, you never know what things can give you lift up. Even if it is a game where you suffer, a game where you die over and over again, a game where the bosses are so hard, you just want to bash your head and it's just that it's just the perseverance and here it is it's like it's telling you every time you play dark souls it's telling you life is unfair it's stay and fight and persevere or you just give up and what's even funnier in dark souls if you give up it's also part of the story Mm-hmm. The undead, if they die too much, they become hollowed. If they become hollowed, they lose their self. So people who stopped playing Dark Souls are kind of like part of the story. They are just yeah. other undead. They are not the chosen ones. Because, I don't know if you remember, if you, re- re- if you reach Firelink and you find the crestfallen warrior, which is one of those who just yeah. gave up, he tells you you're not the first one. Mm-hmm. There are many others like you. And you feel like, yes, people have came through this guy and talked to him and he told them about the bells and they went there and some people just stopped playing. Some people yeah. stopped in the cemetery, some people stopped in Yolando and others persevered, which is amazing. Hmm. No, I, I, you're absolutely right with that. I And I like your interpretation of like people who stopped playing are part of the story. That's kind of an interesting way to look at it and you're absolutely right in that way too. I liked it. I... I like that they expanded upon Demon Souls with with this one, where you get to the Firelink Shrine, and it's more like okay, you can choose where you want to go. You can go down, and that leads through the the crypts. You can go up towards the city more. I like that they did that sort of thing, um, but it it was the outside of like Demon Souls. It was the first one, the first game I played where it was just like. I understood the idea of like, okay, step by step, I'm going to take each experience, learn from it, and really understand the game in order to advance in it, as opposed to, like you were saying before, like head down, charging right into the enemies, as though it was a, a Devil May Cry game. Even with, oh, it's not. 
yeah even with demon souls i did that to an extent because of the spawning like the uh, summoning system like that's how i managed to get through demon souls a bit until i got like overpowered uh to an extent but yeah it, it was they expanded on it in a lot of ways and i really liked that portion of it and i think with dark souls is when they really started growing up growing their community a bit more um it it was they with demon souls they laid the foundation and with dark souls they started building up the brand as a whole and i thought that was really cool uh, yeah the only problem with the fact that dark souls is not a true successor to demon souls is because it was an exclusive and they didn't have the copyright you know uh, yeah. clearance in order to just say basically that's demon souls 2 because it is kind of demon souls 2 and yeah. it just expands into that story and there are demons and everything and small changes that just tells you you know it not just winks into your face okay it's supposed to be demon souls but you know we can't so it's dark souls yeah. <laughs> oh i remember by the way there's a small tidbit of information okay. i think they intended to uh, and this is kind of a nod to the current, uh, you know, modern uh, situation with the, uh, let's just say, how you should say certain words and you shouldn't say others. Certain words okay. used to be said commonly, but now if you say them, they are offensive to certain persons. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what title they gave it. I think it's Dark Ring or Dark Sign or something. Not Dark Sign, but I think it's Dark Ring. And it appears that Dark Ring is an offensive, racist word in some part of the world. And they didn't know until they were told this way. And Mm -hmm. I think it has also some sort of a nod into the African-Americans side of things. So you can imagine that some words were completely offensive to others are nothing in other places and mm-hmm. that we should be tolerant not just because someone said something bad that they know what it is they might not even understand what they just said and for them in their own language that just means something normal but yeah. either way that's beside the point yeah no i one of my favorite parts about dark first dark souls as well i like that they they still retained that sort of tutorial area you know you're in the asylum and you it's not like it's a huge area, but the fact it's worse is, than a tutorial. To be honest, it just unteaches you the game. It doesn't teaches you how to play. It's just like, oh yeah, you attack with this and you run and you know mm-hmm. go die, whatever. We don't care. Yeah, but uh, yeah, you have that, and I, I like the I like the setting of it. Whether or not it's a good setting, like gameplay wise, is whatever. I enjoyed it because I like it's like all right, I'm maneuvering my way through the area. I'm unlocking certain areas and then you get to the asylum demon and it's just like, Oh God, uh, what am I doing with this thing? That was, it's just learning to the plunge attack to do all that damage was, uh, was a thing. I was like, Oh, well, this would have been nice to know. And I think the asylum demon is kind of a wake up call too. Yeah. It's like, welcome to dark souls. Exactly. This is not your favorite because it's okay. If you look at a, game design aspect in modern days because i can kind of remember mass effect or something games Mm. equivalent if you get stuck in a certain area like for the for the demon fight and if you wait there for a bit you usually have some sort of an npc who tells you what to do yeah and if you don't there is a checkpoint you can reload but there's always a hint but in dark souls there's no hint yeah the guy jumps in here it is. You have a broken sword. You did one damage. Good luck. 
So you have to use yeah. your brain and you have to understand there is no one that's going to be helping you. If you want to stop and delete the game, you can just delete the game. There will be <laughs> no one helping you. So good luck. And that's amazing, yeah. by the way. It's the wake-up call. That was my first wake-up call in Dark Souls, that yeah. I am every average at best in video games. Yeah. And then once you get through that, you you know, you walk up the, the hill through the little cemetery and you get to the top and the big crow or raven, whichever you want to call it. I think it's a crow in the lore of it. And that comes and swoops in in front of you and picks you up and it's just like, oh, now we're in the game, right? It drops you off at Firelink Shrine. You're like, this is, this is it. So that was just the tutorial. Okay. All right. Yeah. I understand. So this is why it is. Yeah, you're absolutely right though. Yeah. I just like, it's like, all right. And you've, you've completed that, uh, the asylum area. And here you are, you are, you are in the game now. Do what you can. And, um, yeah, again, I, I, you just, you're, you've completed the tutorial and you're like, okay, you know, it's, I've got some grasp of it. And then you get thrown to the wolves, essentially, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Let's see what I can, yeah. I can manage. And, um, yeah, it, I won't go too in depth with all of the bosses or anything like that, but again, there were some boss fights that I struggled in and some that were easier than others. Some of them were like very, fr- like the uh, Capra Demon. That was so frustrating. You oh, go really? in. Try playing it, it with a mouse and keyboard and understand yeah. what frustrating is. Because if you accidentally lock onto one of the dogs, it will take your camera away. So mm. you will have a, a fourth enemy. So there's the Capra Demon, the two dogs, and your mouse. And you yeah. have to fight all four of them in order to fight. And of course, you don't know the game and you have higher equivalent load so you can't really fast you know tumble around like you do yeah. when you don't have that much equipment load and it is a nightmare i think i died like around 50 times or something there yeah it took me a while to figure out how to use the staircase because you you go up there and the dogs are faster than the capra demon so you can fight the dogs a little bit on the stairs you can shimmy to the right onto like the crates or, or something off to the side of the the stairs you can Which fall is funny, onto. I think the staircase yeah. is just there to, you know, throw you off because you mm. can just easily kill them down there. It's much better. Mm-hmm. If you go to the up of the staircase and you go yeah. down and you can you can risk the copper demon just doing doing a plunging attack on you and killing you instantly. Yeah. So that was a problem, but yeah, the staircase. That's, I want that's... that so much. <laughs> That was the way I handled it, though. Like, I led the dogs away from the demon a little bit, killed them, and then when it was just the two of us, right, I would lure him up the stairs, he'd attack, and I'd dodge him, fall down the stairs, and then make my way back around. And then when he would try and... I would get into the clearing, like, away from the stairs, facing away from the stairs, and I would just kind of keep circling through the area up and down the stairs until I could hack off enough of his health to, to beat him. But, like, that tiny little area was just such a pain to navigate and oh, i don't think and i think I don't, the, the biggest problem is the dogs it's not the copper demon yeah once you get yeah. rid of the dogs and you have enough hp it's easier to deal with them mm-hmm. but yeah it's a skippable boss too that's the only one thing you don't even have to fight him <laughs> yeah if you t- i didn't realize the, it if you the choose time. the master key but if you didn't choose the master key no you have to mm. fight them because okay. that's the Maybe only that's, way to get okay. into the devs you wouldn't oh, be yeah. able to open the door because I think that opens the door like down the alleyway further, right? Yes. You the go door into, like, into the, the butchers or something. You find the butchers, yeah. yeah. The one butcher. There's them. Uh, that, that was a boss that I struggled with a little bit. The bell gargoyles up on the rooftop. 
I struggle with them. Those are 30, 50, between 30 and 50 times as well. And it's just it was... weird to me now. How did I fail so hard at those? <laughs> but at the same time, I have to understand that I didn't put my points correctly when I was 11 and up. I just mm-hmm. didn't understand. So I tossed some in life, some in dexterity, some in strength. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when I replay the game now, I understand. I have a yeah. vision for my characters. Of course, it's easier to demolish I know how to make a build around the them. weapons I'm using too. Yeah, it's how easier to demolish their abilities. But at the time, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what you're doing. And when you reach there, you are probably frustrated because you reached the tower and you went down and you find Havel the rock and he demolishes yeah. you. So you <laughs> kind of are extremely frustrated. So you go up to the left mm. and you find the gargoyles. And yeah. it's even worse. <laughs> yeah, they. I think I struggle because I... And I think it's carried over through a lot of the games until I've really became accustomed to playing them was I was never aggressive enough. I held back a ways and only did like a couple attacks with the gargoyles. The more aggressive you are, as long as you're not taking a ton of damage, the easier time you're going to have, because if you can kill that first one quick enough, you know, it's, that's one less one you have to deal with then rather than having them gang up on you. And, um, yeah, it's just, again, it's all learning curve. Like each boss teaches you a new skill for like further on in the series, almost like you can learn a lot from it. That's the intriguing part of uh, Dark Souls. It's mm-hmm. that it has this notorious reputation of being hard, but really yeah. Dark Souls isn't hard. It's disciplined. Yes. If you're disciplined, if you learn to respect your enemies, if you learn to understand how you need to do things, then mm-hmm. the game is forgiven. If you do this correctly, then you're going to easily win. But if you try to do things incorrectly, use too much of your stamina, swing when you're not supposed to swing, you know, drink your yeah. Estus where you're not supposed to drink your Estus, position your camera, which is, let's face it, come on, position your camera. <laughs> your camera is the enemy because if you are unlucky, which is always, mm-hmm. to go behind or next to a wall in a corner, Basically, your camera decides, you know what? The cameraman just bails on you. So it's not facing you. You have no idea what's going on. Everything is just chaotic and you die. So if you do these things correctly, the game is easy. And many of us can see the runs of people who don't take no damage Mm -hmm. and no kills. I mean, it's so frustrating. It's it's incredibly impressive, but it's very frustrating to watch. Like, oh man, they're so disciplined. That I can't do. Have it. you seen the Happy Hob on Twitch? No, I have not. So the Happy Hob is a guy who decided he wants to finish the entire Soul series: Demon mm-hmm. Souls, Dark Souls one through three, Bloodborne, Sekiro, and soon oh, enough, Elden Ring. All of them without taking one hit in damage. He wouldn't die. It doesn't matter because dying is irrelevant. But he shouldn't take one hit. It doesn't matter what it is. Only fall damage because he needs fall damage to consume enough HP to do certain things. Like, for example, in Dark Souls, you have the red tear stone ring. And if you have one HP, for example, you have a boost of damage. Mm -hmm. So that's okay. But no enemy, no boss in the world should be, or no element in the world like poison, fire, all those things should be inflicted on him. If anything hits him, he will restart from the beginning. So let's just say he beats Demon Souls, <laughs> Dark Souls 1 and 2. Yeah. If Dark Souls 3 he gets hits once, he will reset and restart 
from oh, the God. Souls. <laughs> yeah, and he'd been doing this for a long time now, like two years, I think. He yeah. beat the game before the release of Sekiro. He was able mm. to beat them all. He did nice. every single game all the way to Sekiro. Now, with Sekiro, he is unsuccessful. And hopefully, we'll hear from him soon. But can you mm. imagine all of the game without one hit? No, I back can't do back. that. I will, back I, to there's back. There's no back way I could too. ever do it. Yeah. Yeah, no, so, I, yeah, it's uh, it's a thing. Yeah, it's it's impressive. Um, I mean, it's just a, like you said, it's a matter of discipline, like learning the games. You know, not being too aggressive, not being you know, uh, not shying away too much. It's just it's people that know the game very well. They know the bosses and characters well, like all the enemies. They know how to dodge properly. It's yeah, it's it's incredibly impressive. Um, Some of my I'm, friends used cheats on Dark Souls. I told them nah. if you try to use cheats, immediately the game becomes boring, bad, and you wouldn't like it. The second yeah. you try and hit someone and they die instantly, mm-hmm. you would no longer really like to play the game. Because yeah. even if you're frustrated of the game, even if you hate dying and coming back to that long, long, long away bonfire, that's the charm of the game. You yeah. wouldn't realize that, you know, immediately, but that's what makes Dark Souls Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. This death, this frustration is part of the story, part of the law, part of the universe. And you being frustrated, you kind of gives you an understanding, a basic understanding of how your character feels because he's dying and he's yeah. not losing his memories. He knows that he died. He got slashed. He got burned, stomped. He fell through the ravine. So he's kind of losing his sanity a tiny bit. And you being frustrated kind of gives you a a basic understanding, like I said. So that's good. And I love to see new people play the game and to see them frustrated, you know, throwing the (laughs) controller away and they don't Mm want to play it. That's so funny. And thinking and coming back and thinking about, okay, that's actually so clever of yeah. Miyazaki and his team from From Software that actually, if people delete the game, well, that's basically it. It's just another hollow that went hollow. It's one of those pink guys you find, you know, roaming yeah. around with no <laughs> meaning, no objective in life. That's one of the players that just gave up and stopped yeah. playing. Yeah, it's interesting. And you have that, and the. I just really do like how every area and boss and enemy you face feels unique. You know, like obviously there's like a lot of the enemies have the oh, same. Oh yes, the game design is masterful. Let's face it. The one, if you take your time, because your first run, we understand. My first mm-hmm. run was just me brushing. If I took yeah. the time, if I was attentive, I would have easily found out that you know what? If I just go to the right and go up the stairs. I will reach Underberg, which is easy, easy peasy compared to the other areas that I went to. But because I was into another rhythm, into another games rhythm, I was too blind, even though I was seeing, to even just take a look. So if you, even if you fire the game right now and you just go to Firelink, you would be surprised how much of the other areas you can see. You can Mm -hmm. see Quaylag. You can see I, that's the, that's one of my favorite parts town. about of, about yeah. a lot of the you games. You can see the bridges, the bridge yeah. of the red dragon. You can see the bridge where you'll fight the uh, big night boss that you can make fall, and then the guy goes will take you to Orlando. <laughs> you can see so much of the game, and you can understand. It's amazing. You choose not to do it; it's up to you. But mm-hmm. it's 
so good when you're just walking around and you take a look and you think, man, all that sounds fortress like that. You can mm. see the Caprafite place right yeah. at the beginning when you just go up the stairs when there's the rat in the sewer. If you yeah. just do one small jump and you look down, there's the stairs. Well, there's no yeah. Capra demon because of that same because the yeah. character yeah. doesn't spawn. <laughs> but seriously, you can see the area yeah, can- without even getting there. Yeah, no, I, I like that. You can do that in all of them as well, which is yeah. cool. Like you could just and see by all the, the different way, areas. Yeah. I think I would be I'm ninety percent certain, but I think the entirety of Undertberg have been designed by Miyazaki himself, which is the mm-hmm. director of the game. He designed yeah. the entire place himself. That's I think that's why it is so good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just like going back to what I was saying too before, is every boss feels unique. Like you have like the Taurus demon up on the like the uh, like the battlements, I guess is what you would say, right on top of the towers. You're fighting the Taurus demon. That sort of small, not small area, but it's it's just that long straight area essentially. And you know you're trying to avoid his attacks, but then you get to like Dragon Slayer, Ornstein, and and Smog, 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 you, uh, Smog yeah, whatever yeah, you want to sure. call it. Yeah, some people call them. it Smog, some people call it Smog, whatever. But you get to them and it's like completely different from enemies you fought before. Like one of them is fast, does a lot of damage. The other one is slower, but he's he hits a lot harder, right? And they they function and as a team. And it's unfair too. It's so unfair. Yeah. They will easily lock into attacking you. Yeah. You think okay, by this time you're accustomed to the game, and you think okay, no problem. I can just do the things that I used to. I would probably die. It's fine, mm-hmm. but. What you're not expecting is that Small is hitting, then Ornstein is hitting, then Small is hitting, then Ornstein is hitting. So basically, you have no room to attack, and you will just yeah. die. You're just trying to attack Small, and then you get some lightning attack, or he you know, dashes with his spear, and it's extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. One of those games that... one of the, I think that's the second boss before the skeleton ones that made yeah. me stop the game for a week. Even yeah, the archers. The archers were annoying before the, uh, you know, reaching the bosses. The archers were extremely annoying. And especially if my mouse... No, I think the hardest, yeah, but the hardest isn't the uh, archers. Uh, archers. It's the ceiling area where you go up the ladder. There's this uh, small ceiling area you have to walk. I died so much there because of my mouse. <laughs> I just... It, you have to... I have to stop touching the mouse i have to <laughs> navigate with my keyboard because if i touch this a tiny bit i will veer way too much to the left or to the right and i would die i will have not to lock on the enemies there because there's two of those white robe things you know yeah. oh paint painted painted world guardians that's their names mm, that's right. it's funny yeah, that yeah, i yeah. remember so much about dark souls <laughs> i think i remember the entirety of things i suffered so much that i remember everything the yeah. painted world guardians they will do the jump attack on you and everything so if you lock on them you will probably fall to your death <laughs> so that was one of the hardest areas on me because i fell so much and it was so <laughs> frustrating and when i reached the archers i think i got lucky because the white knight started flailing around when I got to him, and he just fell, which is one of the uh, common strategies. You just make him fall, and there you yeah. go. And then, of course, guess what? I didn't make it into the balcony. I fell. <laughs> <laughs> I had to redo that. The good news is I picked up on oh, it I did that pretty quickly. Yeah. I picked up on it pretty quickly, and I just redo the things. He fell again. I made it into the balcony. 
with uh, I was gonna say back on Ornstein and Smaug, they uh, Ornstein had a lot less health. Like you could kill him a lot quicker, which I think is sort of how they intended like most people to fight him. And then Smaug would hammer the corpse right and gain like a, electricity in his hammer. Yeah, but you could kill Smaug first, and most I don't think most people did this just because Ornstein died quicker, and you're trying to get it down to one enemy as quick as quick as you can, so you're not outnumbered. If he killed Smell quicker, Ornstein goes up to him. He he becomes bigger, like he becomes a lot bigger, and he, his attacks become a little bit more aggressive as well. He's he's shooting lightning at you a bit more. There's this big lunging attack where he slams his like spear down at you, and I think it's harder than the other way around. But I just like that they do that, where they incorporate the two enemies together, and depending on how which one you like, they they kind of make it so you lean towards killing the one first. But they give you the option to do the other way around, and I like that they uh, they make the enemy unique in response to who you defeat first, which is pretty cool. Oh, doing that was my third playthrough of the game. By the okay. time I was already started, I've already started watching you know videos on Dark Souls mm-hmm. and Vati video. Of course, I discovered Vati video, uh, <laughs> Sunlight Blade, uh, Epic yeah. Name Bro, and all of those community that made me love the game so much because when you play the first time you're just struggling and dying and everything by your second third and fourth playthrough it's just mm-hmm. you discovering yet another game so it was you're even just learning more new exciting. ways to, to yeah. progress through you're there, the game correctly yeah. and you are discovering new things you didn't do some you know quest npc quest stuff and you mm-hmm. missed many things and everything so your other playthroughs are the best in dark Souls. Yeah. your first one okay it's good one it's a good one, uh, you know, experience-wise. But your other playthroughs are what makes the game so good. Mm-hmm. So I, by my third playthrough, I remember knowing that you can get uh, Ornstein's armor. But in order to yeah. get Ornstein's armor, you have to kill him second in order mm-hmm. to do so. So you have to do small first and then Ornstein. And the problem is kind of, I don't know if you remember, Ornstein is much harder than Smo on the second phase. Yes, because not only he gets big, but he kind of moves faster. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a bit tough. It's a bit of a challenge. And I also did not understand that there are certain weapons that don't give or that don't do much damage to them. I don't. Mm -hmm. I think it's lightning-based weapons and uh, some other slash weapons or whatever. But if you play with, for example, the uh, Black Knight halberd, for example, it Mm -hmm. deals massive amounts of damage. Mm. It's one of those things that you have to discover for yourself you, learn you have to time. be attentive yeah that's the thing one weapon deals so less damage and another destroys them uh-huh. and of course there's the hidden mechanic of you if you don't level that much the more you level up the more the enemies level up with you mm-hmm. so you'd see all of those level one hero you know players they yeah. will just go to Ornstein and smog they will get the halberd in the uh, forest from the silver knight I yeah. think it's the Silver Knight Halbert, whatever. Yeah, and sure. they will just two hit or three hit the uh, Ornstein and uh, Smog because they don't scale. They are level one just like them. And mm. it's easy to deal with them that way. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Of course, we don't know all of these technical details, but still. Yeah. That and then you have like, um, it was the first game I ever played where, with this sort of mechanic where you have the Bed of Chaos, which is annoying, where the... Oh, the boss's the development hell, like, I call it. Really. Yeah. Well, it, like, progresses. Like, you don't lose progression in that area. Like, you just keep working towards 
completing the boss. Even if you die, you keep your progress, which is something that ne- I'd never had before. Where it's like, oh, like I've I've made this headway against this boss, and I'm going back in and continuing it. Which, while the boss is annoying, I thought that was an interesting feature. And another thing with that game too, then is like the I know I've been saying about like unique areas, but as you have the uh, oh, I forget what it's, the areas are called, but it's it's where it's the area leading down the crystal area, leading down towards Seath the Scaleless, where you're in the crystal areas with the butterflies flying around, and you're on the invisible walkways. Oh, the crystal caverns. Crystal caverns. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, and they have the invisible walkways, and you're I just mean, kind of trusting. Let's the, be frank. That's <laughs> just Miyazaki's saddest way of you know die. Just die. <laughs> I think he has some sort of way to uh, you know seeing enemy seeing play, other players dying and they just have these statistics of how many people just perished because they thought there was a bridge there and there's <laughs> no bridge and you just die like an idiot yeah. and most of us don't really understand that you can use those stones that prismatic stones and you can you have that you know, see. or you can watch the particles falling from the yeah. sky and you can see where they hit the bridge as well yeah well that's not an option for me because i played it more on my older pc <laughs> and no particles there Ah, the game barely was running on 20 fps so yeah <laughs> not but, a, not an option for me i died a lot yeah. there by the way oh i did too yeah because there was a couple areas you could drop down to that weren't easily spotted as well and um i forget what it was there's other enemies in that area besides the butterflies that would come out and kill you i feel like i might be wrong on that as well but yeah. you could drop down to some areas and get the unique items down there now for people who don't know this uh, certain areas in Dark Moonlight Souls look weird and feel weird and look bad and feel bad because mm-hmm. at a certain point in the development of Dark Souls, it went over budget and it went over time. They didn't meet the time to finish the game. So they kind of had to scramble just to finish it and ship it as soon as possible. Yeah. So that way, sorry, I had to burp. So that way, you when you reach the after you ring the second bell after quite like and you go down when there's the lava area you will start finding too many taurus demons too many copra demons it's just basically control c control v those enemies and the lost isolith all of those areas are just rushed design they're supposed mm. to be much better, much grandiose because grandiose because uh, you know the vision of Lost Isolus was too big, and it would have taken I think another six or seven months in order to finish it. So mm. they couldn't do it, and you just find those Control C, Control V. And what I hate the most, what I dislike the most, is that when you go and uh, when you fight the centipede and you get the ring oh, yeah. and you just advance further, you will find the leg area. There's just like mm-hmm. this dinosaur leg. And what I hate is that it used to be just one leg. It used to be the, I don't know if you remember, there's the uh, undead dragon yes. in the ledge yep. who just breathes uh, poison. That's supposed yeah, like to be just one of it. They're just it supposed is, yeah. To, yeah, supposed to be with one leg and it is his. Because when you see him the first time, it's just him hanging on the ledge, barely latching onto the ledge. And you can see that his lower half is not there. Yep. And it's so amazing because that dragon has such an amazing design. You know, yeah. uh, Miyazaki has this design philosophy where he kind of wants something graceful and, you know, with taste, not just a uh, shock aspect. 
because when the first earlier design of it was supposed to be this skeleton with the gooey stuff and maggots and everything, and he didn't like it. He said it's supposed to be something graceful, and it's a dragon. It's from the age of dragons, and he's supposed to be this being that fell from grace, and now he's just an undead dragon hanging on an edge for an eternity. So make him look like he's suffering. Make yeah. him look like even though he's trying to breathe fire instead of he, he breathes poison. So when you reach there and you look at it attentively, it's an amazing de design. And then what's supposed to be a kind of a, I don't know, a closure to his entire sad story, which is his mm. legs that kind of like have their own way of moving and thinking they will just attack you. Sadly, it's just a copy paste of all over the place. And it sucks. It just sucks. But whatever. Sadly, there are certain things. That, that's, that's why Dark Souls is not perfect. So people won't think that this is a perfect game because many people are trying to recreate Dark Souls, but they overthink things. You can easily see the flaws of the game. You can easily see that it went into many problems, even development hell, which is one of the worst things that a video game can go to <laughs> and it still managed to be one of the best titles to ever exist it's just Man. unique with its flaws with its you know bad designs and it kind of is simple it's just a group of developers making a vision a game that they want to make i mean there's so many stories about dark souls and how miyazaki came into this uh, you know, came into realizing the game and what is the decision between, uh, you know, why would he make the story that way? Then it comes to when he was a kid and how he read, you know, the English literature and fantasy and all those things. And because he didn't understand English and all those things. But again, it's too long to talk about. But still, <laughs> he made such an amazing game. Some people dislike it, but so many love it. Once you yeah. play the game, you would want your friends to play it. You would want so many others to play it. And that's what we are missing currently in the video game scene. One developer recently made a post on Twitter that kind of touched me into the heart because it's something that we're suffering. We need through. more he areas said, like Blight Town is what he should have said. <laughs> Yeah, Blight Town. Yeah, Blight Town and the FPS. But yeah, like I said, it's <laughs> it's flawed. Well, he said, currently we are making products. We're not making video games. And I don't yeah, want to be part that of that right. anymore. In the AAA industry, we're not making video games anymore. These Call of Duties, these Fortnite, these mega games, it's just a product. It's just a consumer. It's filled with people doing research on the market. And this is what we mm -hmm. need to do. This is what we need to do. This is what the people are currently liking. And we want to maximize as much as we can how much people will buy our game and you know spend on microtransactions. It exactly. is this is this is what people don't understand why people love from software, why people love uh Hideo Kojima. Mm. It's because when these guys make a game, they make a game. When these AAA that used to be good, I used to love Ubisoft. Nowadays I hate the name of it. They or all EA feel like or the any same of those game. things. Yeah. When you yeah. load up Need for Speed Underground the first time <laughs> and you see the logo of EA games, right. you love it. You love you know it is something big. Nowadays mm. you see EA and you pull it. Like, oh, I think out. I've already played You're this. Like, 
Yeah, you get skeptical immediately. Yeah. I think there is something bad down the lines. You're and like, of course, oh, how are they going to charge me for the the base game again? Yeah, you know that there's <laughs> some sort of a battle pass that's going to hit you, or some sort of yeah. microtransaction that's going to hit you, or some sort of a stupid DLC that's going to hit you. So, mm. yeah, that's why we have an attachment to Dark Souls. It's yeah. just a game. It's like okay, it's a when they came game with it, too. That's yeah, the thing. here's a game. Here's our game. And we know that you may not like it. You may even know that there are certain aspects of it you may not even play, but mm. we're fine with it. We're gonna we make them. This is our vision. Here you go. Would you like it? Yes. If you yeah. dislike it, it's fine by us. No problem. You don't see too much sales in Dark Souls, but it is still to this day talked about. Still to this day, people playing it. I um. I don't really go to Facebook that much, but I am subscribed to one of those. I follow one of those pages or many of those pages of, you know, mm. Dark Souls and Sekiro and all those things. And it is always fun to see new posts of new people get into those games and just having the same troubles you had when you first started. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, you're absolutely right. Where I, I do agree with, with you when you say it's like they're making a game and not a product. Um, it when you get a Dark Souls or Souls game from from software, you're like, okay, this is going to be a fully fledged, really fleshed out experience, as opposed to I'm going to play through the game real quick and then we have to pay money to get the full experience. And even then, it'll feel like I'm being ripped off. I mean, even the supposedly DLC, it's just new game stuff. It's not DLC like it's supposed to be. This is why I like CD Projekt Red. They kind of said... We want DLC to mean DLC, and we mm-hmm. want our new stuff to be expansions. The word expansions kind of disappeared from the scene a bit. You're absolutely because right. it used it's to be expansion. D- oh, this is Age of Empire. Yeah, and Age yeah. of Empire's new expansion. It's not DLC yeah. because DLC is just a piece, a small piece of something. I don't know, some sort of new haircut or some sort of wardrobe, or I don't know, a skin or something. That's mm. DLC. It's not a new entire content so it's always good to see that coming back in dark souls when you see that it is an entire area with an entire story and new weapons new everything so yeah. that's pretty good compared to the so-called dlc of like i said those big corporations it's a dlc you just get a new map and you know that's that's it for 30 dollars yeah. for 30 dollars i get the entire dark souls <laughs> I yeah. think Dark Souls trilogy for thirty dollars, probably. Yeah, it's like you say. It they put you can feel like when you're playing it, you can just be like, all right, I can see the passion they had when making this. Like they had a vision for it, and they did everything they could to to make it exactly what they wanted, as opposed to rushing it out. Like I'll use Call of Duty as an example because I know you mentioned that a second ago. And by the way, I love the Call of Duty series when they yeah. used to be good. Uh, the last one that I loved was Modern Warfare yeah. 2. Love them. I'm not some sort yeah. of a you know dumbass who didn't play those games. Mm. I love them. I love the Call of Duty. I played them so much. It just, when they started turning, I could no longer play them. You can easily see the problems. And for mm. some people, okay, when it you live in a country that you can... Making a game. Yeah. yeah. When you live in a country where you can spend money on these games, you kind of, it's fine. You know, $2 expansion, a DLC, you know, $10 expansion, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But when you live in a third world country, $10, that's a huge amount of money. So mm-hmm. you can get that impact even harder than others. 
So that's one of the main reasons why I saw. I couldn't play Call of Duty. You have to pay $60 and then you have to pay $20 and you have to pay another $20. It's basically, if you want to play any other... You used to have to end up paying $120 for the full game because they used to have four. Like, I'll I'll use uh, World at War as an example because Call of Duty 4 had some DLC, but that's not when they really started pushing out. World of War was the first one where they're like, all right, we got four DLCs. Was it... Yeah, they had. I think they had four. Is there three or four? But either way, it was fifteen dollars, and you you were getting four multiplayer maps and the zombies new zombies map. And it's like, okay, I know what I'm getting for my money. And then the next DLC came out. It's like fifteen dollars, the four multiplayer maps, the zombies map, and you felt like you were getting something for that. And then fast forward to today, they don't even have the the DLC packs anymore. They drop one remake of an old map every like three months. They get one new remake of a map and then they introduce a new battle pass for $15. That That's because has there was no useful al- content. there's already a new Call of Duty in development. That's the biggest problem. The Hence the Cold War one. Because yeah. they release Warzone or the Call of Duty that we've got now, but mm-hmm. they immediately jump into a new one. Exactly. Instead of taking time and polishing something really good. It's a product. Yeah. It's not a video game. It's a product. And sadly, it's making them a ton of money because people like those kind of things. That's yeah. why they continue. If people really wanted something, they would turn into those com- companies, not into what is going on now. The mm-hmm. reason why they're doing this is because they receive tons and tons of money. They, I forget how much it was. It's billions of dollars. Of course it making. is. Yeah, I, can't, I don't remember the amount off the top. I know off the top of my head. I know I've, I've looked it up before for the show. They don't but, even care about the PC. No, it's no, all no. console based. Everything is centered around the console. It's Everything centered, is centered around, around the casual gamer that don't care about video games. It's they cent- just yeah. want a generic Call of Duty. Their target audience is like the twelve to thirteen, like twelve thirteen age range, sort of teenagers whose parents allow them to. They give them like their credit card information, and they just keep buying every piece of. Like if you look at. I'll use Modern Warfare as an example again. It's $10 for every single customization item, and there's thousands of them. And that's where they make their money because it's like you're not getting anything of substance. It it literally is. We joked about this. I don't know if it was, I think it was like two episodes ago on our podcast. Kyle, I think it was just Kyle and I where we joked about it. It's like soon there's going to be a game where the entire game is you spending money opening up uh, loot crates, and that's it. There's no game. It's just all about opening loot crates. It's essentially what it's coming to almost. Yeah, you know, let's it, just go to go to Vegas and do the slot machines and there you have it. That's your yeah. video game. And that's why Dark Souls is good. Because yeah. if you give a 13-year-old Dark Souls, it's a whole different experience. It's not the same. Yeah. That's why we have so much fond memories of all the games from Dark Souls to Silent Hill to... And Dark Souls is supposed to be a modern game. I'm talking about games in the early 2000s and the 90s. Mm-hmm. Those, are, those are games that made us think. Video games made me learn and speak English. It's not class. It's not life. It's a video game that forced me to learn English. It's a video game that made me understand and speak the language. So yeah. this is kind of slowly going away, and I hate that. Do you want, do you want the, the dollar amount for the microtransactions? This is... Yeah. From uh, 2016 is the first thing that popped up. 
3.6 billion dollars in microtransactions activision made in yeah. 2016 uh, i don't know how to count that far to be honest yeah i know it's i know insane. because activision grew in blizzard mm-hmm. one of the last vestiges of those big corporations that used to make some good stuff mm-hmm. now it's just a shell of it i see the warcraft i know that there's a charm in this game i'm playing mm-hmm. it currently discovering it but still you see the last aspect of it you see where they mm-hmm. kind of lost their identity it's easy yeah. And that's why when E somewhere along the line, Sekiro, for example, hits, you yeah. go back to that excitement. You go back to that amazing feeling. Sekiro yeah. didn't do that well. It sold well. You know, the units mm-hmm. are still selling and they have good figures. And I think they understand this when they ship it. They never expect more than what they have. So yeah. it's always good when they have more money than they should. So <laughs> that's good. That's why you never see huge marketing campaigns. Uh, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, Vati Vilya in one of his videos said he met the marketing team behind Dark Souls or the Souls mm-hmm. series, and they told him they understand this. They want to remain true to this. They just want it to be as it is. And you can mm-hmm. see with Elden Ring, there's just one announcement trailer, and there's probably going to be two or three other videos, and then the game is going to be dropping. That's yeah. all there is to it. And in Call of Duty, you can be in your, I don't know, elevator, you press the button and you see Call of Duty. <laughs> or there's someone in your elevator right. speaker telling you about Call of Duty. That's how much marketing. And sadly, it works. Mm-hmm. They know it works. Marketing works. One of the biggest problems with Death Stranding, for example, and it is a very good game if you haven't played it. I have yet to play it. I'm just waiting for... Uh, I am sadly going to say this on the podcast... Again, I live in a third world country and acquiring these games is a huge challenge for us. So I'm sadly waiting for the cracked version. And I would love to... These games, I would love to support. I've already supported the Witcher series. I bought it on Steam, even though I played it, I don't know, 20 times or something. And Dark Souls, I also have it on Steam with the DLCs, even though I played it tons and tons of times. (laughs) But... Sadly, I can't do that for all of the games. So some games, I need to wait. Of course, the Stranding have a good protection system, and I'm waiting. But mm. from what I've seen, it's a really good game. And they're trying to play it down like it's this, you know, failed attempt at a good game. And you see the world design, and you see the idea, and it's amazing. It is just a guy with a vision who just made a video game. And yeah. of course... You are too far into the product side of things that you, when someone makes something new and not what you are used to, you start criticizing it. Dark Souls is getting this yeah. all day, every day. Where's the minimap? Why is the game so hard? Why is it not well designed like it should be? Why should I die here and come back all the way to the bonfire and then go walking? And so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I think too hard is the biggest criticism, quote unquote. For Dark Souls, yeah, I I mean I don't want to talk too much about Dark Souls two because it there was some there was things I liked about it. Um, one of the, yeah, the main... yeah, it's good. It's it's just to understand Dark Souls two have been developed by another team at the time Miyazaki and his brothers <laughs> at the uh, and the original Dark Souls team and your original Souls team were busy making Bloodborne because mm. the CEO of Sony have played Demon Souls. 
I don't know if you know, but he played all of those games. He played them. You can get videos of the CEO, the Japanese CEO of Sony, yeah. beating Bloodborne, <laughs> which is amazing, by the way. So yeah. he played those games, loved them so much, and he's an older gen- gentleman. It's, he's not like in our age or something. And he loved them so much that he, go to, he goes to From Software, meets with Miyazaki, and he tells me, you know what? I'm going to give you all the funding you need. Make me a game for the PS4. We want a game that just, it is, is for us. And we will give you all the money you need. Make us something. And guess what they made? Mm-hmm. Bloodborne. Yeah, love so I didn't Bloodborne. play Bloodborne, so I don't know as much about it, unfortunately. Oh, I love Bloodborne. We'll I'll talk move about on to it that. in a bit, but we'll yeah, move on in to that Dark Souls 2. Let's keep in Dark Souls 2. So Dark Souls 2, one of the things I liked was the Bonfire Ascetic, which basically you would beat the boss of an area and then you'd go to the previous bonfire and you could use the bonfire acidic and it would make yeah. it new game plus to respawn, yeah. but it would only be for that area and you could respawn the bosses and keep fighting them and fighting them and i forget exactly why it was this boss in particular there's a boss called the rotten which is a giant like blob sort of monster right of course indeed and one of I those don't, places that we hate <laughs> i don't remember why it was that boss in particular but i remember that was the one where we'd grind out souls like crazy souls not the weapon oh well we have other we have other reasons why we want it you see me and my friends are big fans of uh the manga called berserk berserk mm-hmm. for us is, is really really, really good stuff and guess what the dark mm-hmm. souls mizaki is a huge fan of it too so mm-hmm. we can easily see it especially in dark souls so you can easily see it in it's uh, basically mm-hmm. the ultra great sword is just a nod to the main character in berserk yeah. so if you get the sec, if you want to get the second weapon of Berserk, the main character, you would have to kill the uh, New Game Plus version, I think, of yeah. the uh, giant blob. And of course, with his sword, you can craft it. It's an ultra great sword, and it just looks exactly like in the uh, adaptation. Yeah. And of course, we wanted to do that. <laughs> but you have you had like the rotten, and I just remember grinding that out like crazy. And I like that that you could do that was the bonfire acidic because it gives you a chance without having to really step up the difficulty of going to new game plus for the entire like playthrough you can work on that one area that you've become familiar with and increase your character that way and the the way the covenants worked in that game i liked a lot i thought that was a nice little uh i forget what it was like in dark souls one i don't remember the covenants as much in that one um if they were even in there Dark Souls 2, I know, is one of the big ones. Oh, that was... That was come on. There's the iconic cat covenant. Oh, that was, that was in Dark Souls 1. That's right. I get them that confused. Was Dark Souls 1, yes. Yeah, that goes down uh, to Dark Souls 2, uh, there, are, the there are other common... That's when they started really expanding on the covenant yeah. system. But I think the best system is Great in Dark wolf. Souls 3. The Great Wolf. That's the force of the down room. Yeah. I remember yeah. now. You're right. The Champion's Covenant at the beginning of Dark Souls. Yeah. No, no, no. Dark Souls 2, it was amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's my least favorite of the Dark Souls. It doesn't make it a, a worst or something because some people don't like it for obvious yeah. reasons. I can understand, but I still mm-hmm. love it. Again, this time, I'm accustomed to Dark Souls. This time, mm-hmm. when it, it, it came, I was ready. And it had some unique stuff, unique enemies, like uh, the Smoldering Demon. I, don't, I think, yeah. I think you're and right. And when when because there's this Dark Souls 2 and there's Dark Souls Soldier of the First uh, Scholar, yeah. not Soldier. Dark Souls 2 is Call of the First Thing, which is kind of a revisiting yes. and they kind of made 
some of the bad areas better. They kind of nerfed stuff and reworked mm-hmm. stuff. So basically, Call of the First Sin is what supposedly Dark Souls was. And they mm-hmm. remade it. And I played the first one, which was kind of hard. And that was kind of killers in his second phase. If you don't have enough fire resist, you die. Yeah. In the... Uh, black something and that was an area that i was farming in i didn't farm the boss but i did farm the uh enemies that was there the yeah. katana wielding enemies because ah, okay. they would drop like three thousand each or something so yeah. you can kill the entire area and you get a hefty hefty sum but i wasn't a big fan of farming in those games i kind of mm. like the uh idea of well just being normal leveled I have a friend of mine who found, like, I don't know, he was level uh, something, I don't know, 300 by the time he reached that place. Because yeah. he, was just, he wasn't playing Dark Souls, he was playing an action RPG. He was basically mm. playing Diablo in Dark Souls. <laughs> he would go into an area, farm, 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 and then just move on to another area. So when he hits a boss, he will take at least 30% of their life. Mm. And I was, never, I was never a big fan of that. If I want yeah. to play a farming sim, I'll just play some Diablo 3 or something at the time. So yeah, we'd farm those, farm this bit, gain a level or two, mm-hmm. advance a bit in your stats, and then just do the bosses and everything. But yeah, yeah. still, the bosses were kind of good. And the, like there are certain weapons that were ambitious. The double glaive stuff, you know, the staff mm-hmm. weapons and everything. They were good. They introduced the dark sorceries and the hexes yeah. and everything. They were also good. The PvP system, is amazing. It's just that it lost the design, the original game and world design of Dark Souls One. It kind of its identity was lost, especially the fact that and that was kind of good when they did that. To be honest, in a, when I think about it a bit, they didn't. It's kind of another story. It's like a small story in the Dark Souls universe. Yeah. Dark Souls Two One has some hints into Dark Souls One, but it feels like it didn't connect too much to the first one the third mm-hmm. one is kind of a direct successor to the, the first one so people can easily just go play the first one and the third one directly and they will not lose too much story wise yeah <laughs> which is funny who cares about dark Souls story <laughs> i do but, but many yeah. people don't i like that they took some risks with some like the executioner's chariot while not like my favorite boss fight i thought it was interesting that they did that with it it, it's it like, was unique the entire area like, was the unique i love it yeah and you're kind of working your way around the edge of the, the map. You have to decide, oh, am I going to hide in this little, like, kind of nook here? There's going to be enemies in it. I got to fight the enemy real quick or they're going to knock me out into the, the boss and it's going to run by and kill me. You know, it, you're kind of moving forward as quick as you can or you're taking your time fighting the enemies one at a time. You can lure them out into the area and they'll get killed by the boss as it runs by. Um, they had that. They had the Pursuer. Which I think the pursuer like followed you a couple areas, right? The old pursuer was just bad. It was just bad. The the old pursuer, you would kill once early Mm -hmm. game, once late game, and that's it. The new pursuer kind of earns his name. He would pursue pursue you a lot, which was what he's supposed to be. I kind of like the idea because I'm a big fan of the Resident Evil series, and Mm -hmm. what they made in the remake is kind of what I wanted in the... uh, uh, in the Dark Souls 2, when I first saw it, yeah. I kind of thought maybe the Pursuer is going to be like a nemesis where you will always find him somewhere fighting mm. you. But they failed to do that. And even in the remake, when they did saw Scholar of the First Sin, it wasn't as impactful as I wanted it to be. But again, mm. it's just me wanting to see another Resident Evil. But again, yeah. with that fight, though, like you're up there and it's very difficult, but you can use the 
giant like crossbows that are up there to deal a lot of damage to him which, which is never I, used by the way yeah it, well, it's hard like you have to get him away from you and you have to have him standing in like the per- specific area that the crossbow is going to shoot in and he can destroy them as well i think if he like attacks through them i don't yes, remember exactly. he would destroy them but if you play with a friend it's easy money of course, we couldn't play with a friend. We always played alone, solo, so <laughs> that was a challenge. We had yeah. to just kill him normally. You could parry him. There's many strategies to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I died a fair bit with the, um, in, on the Pursuer stuff, on the Pursuer yeah. fight. Again, in the first Dark Souls, was Dark Souls 2, I mean, it was a challenging aspect of it. There was a lot of challenges in it. But the Scholar of the First Sin one, it was easier to kill him. Probably partly because I've already fought him, so it was just me repeating the uh, yeah. content, but still. Even another thing too with Dark Souls Two is I used it was the only one I've used uh, dual wielding in consistently. Consistently, was yeah, I had dual sword days. There was no dual wield in Dark Souls One. No, the no, only type of dual wield is if you just want to get the dagger of uh, one of the knights, one of um, Gwyn's knights. I don't know what we remember. Siren, I, I think, or Kieran, Kieran or Siren, or whatever her name. Hmm. I, lo- I liked her story, and that she had feelings to Artorius. And yeah. once you fight Artorius, you find her there. Kind of, she kind of made him a grave, and she was laying flowers. And yeah. <clears throat> you need to choose whether you want to give her his soul, and she will give you her daggers, or fight her, and she will give you her entire set. Of course, the first time I did the give her the soul thing because I'm a yeah. I'm a nice guy. (laughs) (laughs) I can never do a villain in any game, just like in real life. I would never do anything. I always do a like a a good. I always do a good character. I can't. I just I would try, but I can't. In I don't know. It doesn't matter which game. I would. You will not find me killing NPCs. No NPC in my Dark Souls runs ever perished. My friend had the Emerald Herald dying on him. He was in the iconic castle where the rain and you get to the castle. What's the castle? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember the castle's name. I don't remember the names of all the areas, unfortunately. But you know what I'm talking about. Yes. There's this huge, amazing castle. I have a screenshot on my team on it because I love <laughs> it so much. And you know, there's rain and everything, and you reach this huge flight of stairs. And yes, there are two mammoth or three mammoth enemies waiting for you. Mm-hmm. And he kept dodging behind and dodging and dodging and dodging. And he forgot that there's the Emerald Hell. You talk to her and she doesn't go away. She stays yeah. there. So what happened is just a stampeding mammoth killed her. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to suffer because if she dies, he's going to make your life pretty, pretty hard a bit. Because every time you want to level or talk to her, you're going to have to pay 2,500, I think, souls or something. Mm-hmm. So. It made his life a bit, his journey through Dark Souls a bit harder, which is kind of unique. And I love that. That's another aspect that I love about the game. You think you may play the game truly and you talk to a friend and he had another different experience, like my friend here did. And it's interesting, like a lot of people have different experiences as far as like the types of playstyles they go for, whether they're going to get a giant great sword and use that. In my case, I tend to use like a katana. It's a little bit faster, but I'm a dexterity guy. I'm yeah. always laughing mm-hmm. speed, even though it's becoming a meme into the Dark Souls community. Yeah. I've always find myself leaning into the dexterity kind of things. Yeah. One of my, in my first playthroughs, of course I played with a shield because I didn't know the game, but mm-hmm. most often than not, if I see dual wielding, 
I am dual wielding. And in Dark Souls 3, most of my builds were dexterity, intelligence, or dual wielding stuff or anything. Yeah. But they made it a thing in Dark Souls 3. It was kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, moving on to Dark Souls 3 then, because it's the one I'm most familiar with, and it's the one I'm currently uh, replaying. The other one, the really, really good one. I'm actually re-downloading it currently. It's yeah. like 60% or something. I'm currently but using it as a uh, punishment stream because I'm playing through it with a broken straight sword only. So that's been fun. Oof. Uh, you know, to be honest, I can kind of, I can kind of give you an easy way. If you don't level, it still works. You mm. can level the sword. You don't level yourself. You just put some points just as much as you need, like two, three points here, two, three points yeah. there, and that's it. And mm. you can level the sword. And I think if you reach plus seven or plus ten, you will start demolishing stuff. Interesting. It's not going to be that bad. But yeah, I on got the other the hand, to... you have to be good with the uh, in the game. Yeah, I got to Vort of the Boreal Valley before I died the first time, which is the second like main boss. Um, and that's when it, we started struggling a little bit. And then we ended the first stream. So it took me like four, four and a half hours maybe. And on, you uh, should have linked me the stream. Come on, I would oh, love to watch that. We got we got to the Dancer of the Boreal Valley before we got stuck, like actually stuck. Uh, we beat the Curse Rod of Greatwood. Um, you know, we got that done. Um, I forget where else, how far exactly we got, but I know we got stuck at the, uh, the dancer. Um, but with that game too, like I, you start off just in the back sort of, you know, like the little pathway sort of, it's, it's different from the other ones in that you're not starting off at like an asylum or something. You start in a grave. You want to be, that's one one of the things that people must understand. You're in the cemetery. All of the characters you play in Dark Souls series are in the afterlife. Yeah. in a sort of an afterlife because it's not yeah. the afterlife of our planet it's kind of a another type of uh, story it's a fantasy yeah. because of what i said but the characters everyone you see are dead they died mm-hmm. and like they are in the afterlife and what's happening currently is in the afterlife and somehow lordran which is the universe or the place not the universe it's not even the planet because Obviously, there are countries and there are other places in Dark Souls that we just don't go to. We know about them from NPCs we talk to or gear pieces and everything like Mira, for example, like, I don't know, Astoria, all those places, but we never see them. What we see is Lordaeron, and everything that happens in Lordaeron kind of impacts the entire fate of the planet. That is Dark Souls. So that's a a nice one. So you rise from the grave and you start. And then on top of that, too, is... The first boss shows you it's different from the other games because it's like I, I love that Gundir. boss by the way. He yeah, you get him like halfway down, and all of a sudden he transforms and he has a different form entirely. He's got like the weird goo thing going on, and he's got the giant arm, and it's like oh, well this is new. Like I've never seen a boss like completely transform like this before, and it's yeah, it's just fun. It's just a completely different thing, and then you work your way up to the Firelink Shrine, and you feel like you've. Uh, You've made your way through pretty well. I think I would love to see this in Land of Ring. If, I don't know, we obviously have no idea what's going to be the Elden Ring. What is it going to be? But since it's connected to Dark Souls, I am mm-hmm. hoping that it's going to have a uh, certain similarity with Dark Souls. And one of the best things they did is Udex Gundir. Yeah. Udex Gundir is a perfect tutorial boss for people who never played the Souls series. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the demon in the first one it's a wake-up call it's like yeah. they tell you 
friend, this is not one of those games that used to be. This is not your Tomb Raider. This is not your Uncharted. Not The Last of Us. This is Dark Souls. You're going to have to die. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have to understand that it is a game that you have to take seriously. So yeah. it is hard, but not as hard to make people just stop playing. If you don't take it seriously, you're going to suffer. But once you get through it, usually mm-hmm. most people I know, especially my friends who didn't really play Dark Souls and they played that boss, they kind of get a grasp into the game once they finish it. They understand yeah. that they need to roll away in certain attacks. They see the kind of overall mechanics, which is a pretty, pretty good thing that I hope to see in Elden Ring. And another interesting fact, one of my friends who also love Dark Souls, Loads in Dark Souls 3, pretty excited, gets into that boss, and he gets scared. Why? Because his last name, his family name, is Gundir. So there it is. <laughs> I think you've mentioned the this before, Judge yeah. Gundir, yeah, in, my, in the other podcast. There it is, Judge Gundir. And he's like, what the heck is going on here? Why? <laughs> <laughs> Why is someone from my family in the Dark Souls series? And, you know, if you read the Lord and everything, it's kind of creepy, the, the Lord series. So when you see your family name in one of those corpses or corpse bosses that is attacking mm-hmm. you, and is Udex, by the way, or Judex, like it's written, Udex is mm-hmm. a judge in German. So okay. he's judging you, whether you are worthy to pass or not. It's kind of an interesting thing to see. Love mm-hmm. it, by the way. So yeah, that's a great boss and a great mechanic that I want to see. Mm-hmm. And another, like one of the other ones too, uh, with the Abyss Watchers, that was a cool boss because not only are you fighting them, they're fighting each other. So it's like, it's weird. Like, it's not like you have an ally necessarily, but again, it's they're the interrupting themselves. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just cool. It's another like new take on like how the boss fights work. And I thought that one was really cool. Um, when we played, I saw, I streamed the entire game maybe like two months ago. And I streamed through it. We we beat the Abyss Watchers so quickly when uh, when I played through it that time. And then now with the Broken Straight Sword, we might struggle a bit more, obviously. But oh yes, especially a, in third phase. Yeah, it's just it's a really cool boss. And then you have like the Deacons of the Deep, which is another one where it's there's just so many of them. It's a cool boss fight because there's some. It's not necessarily yeah. super difficult, but there's just so many of them. And you're just picking out which one is which in the middle of the fight. It's just, I like the mechanics of Dark Souls 3. It's, I think it's my favorite one, honestly. I just really like the game. So a lot. many of my friends, uh, you know, swear by it. It's a really good game. For yeah. me, like I said, Bloodborne is the number one. Dark Souls 3 is the second one. Dark Souls 1, I cannot put it in the list because, like I said, it's a uh, experience. For, it's something for me. It's, it's not a video game. It's a motivation. It's uh, linked to my own life. Yeah. So... I can't even say it's the first, the last, or something else. So I will not put it in a list. But Dark Souls 3, love it to death. I, <laughs> like you, I have the entire playthrough on my YouTube channel. I love it. And I streamed it a lot, like you said. And it's it, there are many aspects of it that are really good. Some yeah. are bad, but most of it is nailed. They nailed it. They have the... It's like they learned from Dark Souls 2, but they still wanted a bit of Dark Souls 1 in it. So you have the shortcuts, you have the way that revolve around, but it's not as good as Dark Souls 1, it's there. I think they just wanted something modern. They, they, by the time they just made Bloodborne, they made Dark Souls 2, they made Dark Souls 1 and Demon's So they kind of have an experience, and they just wanted something to be 
in evolution. So for some, they would love it, and for others, they don't. Many people who are diehard Dark Souls 1 fans would love to see the same kind of level verticality that was in Dark Souls 1. I'm indifferent. I love Dark Souls 1. To be honest, when they talk about it, I'm absolutely with them. But at the same time, the ease of access of Dark Souls 3 was good. Come on. Yeah, I think it's Sometimes a much, I think it's a, an accessible be game. A bit more than. Even though it's diff, it can be difficult. It's a very accessible game, I feel like. Like people can get into it. Oh yeah, and it's very deep too. Yeah. The um, uh, gameplay aspect of it is very deep because yeah. you have so much things to do now with the fire yeah. gems and the uh, deep gems and the magic gems. So you yes. have many builds you can do. You have many abilities and everything. There's an emphasis on sorceries. And, right? So mm. you can kind of specialize, not just be this character that can sometimes zap you with lightning bolts or just yeah. tosses fire on you. That You can just be a sorcerer. You can be a warrior. There's you know specialization and the weapon art edition is just amazing yeah i think with this game in particular too they kind of went overboard not overboard but like they had a lot of different boss fights where it's like there's a lot more going on like i said the curse rod of greatwood there's other enemies coming at you at the same time as well when you're up top um irithal of the boreal valley he clones himself essentially so you're fighting two of them at once um it's yeah what was the other one? Like I said, oh, the Deacons of the Deep was another one. The Abyss Watchers. The memes of the ones. Deep, they called them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the, an easy, supposed to be an easy boss. The, the Crystal Sage is another one where he makes clones of himself. You have to figure out which one is which. Which I think he's the one with the purple magic is, is how you discover which one he is. Yeah. Uh, okay. I want to ask you, which is your favorite okay. boss in Dark Souls 3? Favorite boss in Dark Souls 3? I do like yeah. the Nameless King. I really like that boss fight. I think it's cool. Um, outside of that one, Yorm the Giant's a pretty good one. I like the storm, like how you can beat him, but you have the Storm Roller, which like uh, stuns him a little bit, does a ton of damage. Oh, that's, so a, direct, that's a direct nod to Demon Souls. Yes, so people yep. who play Demon Souls would immediately understand, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, used it to kill the Storm Roller, the giant mana ray I was talking about earlier. Um, High Lord, High Lord Wolnir was one because when I first played through, I didn't know what was happening because you just wind up in like that dark area and you move forward and all of a sudden he comes crawling out at you. You're like, oh, geez. And, uh, it took me a second to realize like, oh, okay, I got to hit his like braces or whatever. And I can, I can kill him that way. Um, I think, um, for me, and I am a huge fan of, uh, fashion souls. I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. in any other games of the, uh, aesthetic type of things i like to look good i like my character to look good so when a boss looks amazing and cool i love it and for me it's pontiff sullivan even though in the law pontiff sullivan is a huge uh bastard still (laughs) when you enter the church and he lights up his two weapons Mm -hmm. one in fire and one in magic looks so amazing and his fight is good too when he splits himself Mm -hmm. into a shadow and everything the entire thing is stylized it's stylish and i love it I like that. That's kind of why I like uh, Dark Eater uh, Meteor. I think is how it's pronounced. Or spelled. Dark Eater Medea is amazing too. It, I just Such like. I think image. it looks it's cool. A, it's a dragon, so you have yeah. to be hard boss. It's yeah. not a drake. What people and they don't understand when they play Dark Souls, those things you're fighting, those are not dragons. Those are just wyverns. There yeah. are no dragons in Dark Souls. There's yeah. only a few handful of them. And yeah. I think you can you find one in Dark Souls one in the down there in the forest, and 
that you can join a covenant with. You will find the big ancient dragon in Dark Souls 2. And in Dark yeah. Souls 3, there's Medea. That's yeah. how few of them remain. Mm -hmm. And let's not forget Seath, the scaleless, the traitor. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the dragons. What you fight other than those are just wyverns or drakes. Mm -hmm. There's just, you know, yeah. other types, smaller types. Yeah, Dark and Midir is just such a cool... F the arena is like just a big wide open area, but it's just the aesthetic to it is so cool. Like the whole thing just looks really cool yeah. and I like that a lot. Yeah, his attacks, you know, when yeah. he uses his fire that turns into a laser, then everything explodes. It's a really mm -hmm. good fight. I mean, that entire expansion is amazing. Between Wind him City and just Slave Knight gives Gale. a whole new uh, meaning, yeah. He, I think, oh, yeah, like, there's the other fight too. Sorry to interrupt you. Yes. Between him, I, he might be my favorite, honestly, now that I think about it. Because when you fight him, you just have such a sense of closure to the whole series fighting them. It's like, he's just like you. He goes around, he's killing them, he's getting their souls to become more powerful. It's like fighting someone who's just like you, you know, your character. And just the setting and everything is so neat. You're just like this wide, huge, wide open area, this desert sort of area. And it's just like, all right, it's just us against him. Oh, then you're not talking about Dark Itamadea. Dark Itamadea is the dragon. Yeah, no, I'm talking you Slave know, Knight Gale. You're talking about Slave Knight Gale. You kind of had me Gale, confused Gale. a bit I'm there. sorry. Yeah, no, <laughs> Gale no. Is Gale is amazing. Uncle Gale is amazing. Yeah. Like, you, cannot, you can summon you him. Continue his story. You, you can, can summon him earlier as well. Too. You can summon him to fight the demons. Uh, like yeah, the yeah demon no, no. you see him the first time yeah. on the church. He's kind of oh, you can summon and... Sister Freed as well in the painted world. Yeah. Oh yes, you kind of even if you don't follow his story at all, mm -hmm. you can see kind of a progression from yeah. where he starts to the Ring City, where you can see him kind of showing you the way even, to where to go with yeah. his you know messages and everything. Even before the painted world, you can he's he's at the entrance to it. He's in the church there, and. Like you see the progression, it's like, oh my god, this guy's also trying to make his way through and survive, and then at the end, it's like, all right, it's just us against him, and he's a very hard boss. Yeah. He's, he was a hard boss, oh, and yeah. it, it's just, it's, it was just, it looked so great. Like that giant wide open area, it, you know, it's like everything's crumbled down around you, and you're, that was the you're end. fighting him. Oh, yeah, I'm like, that was it, what the world of Dark Souls was coming to. That's what uh, I'm saying. Yeah, it just sense. you had this sense of like finality to it, you know, like this is how it all wraps up. It's we're fighting each other at this point. It's not like you're fighting like some random boss that's guarding something. It's like it's just us versus him. It's like last man standing sort of thing. And uh, yeah, that was. I think he is my favorite boss just because it's it's just so cool and the sense of closure you get from it. It's a really great way to wrap up that game. Was the Ring City? They did yeah, a really no, good the job. Ring City just, just kind of took the game to another level. Yeah. The Ring City had such an amazing content. And mm -hmm. speaking of the Ring City, Pontiff Sullivan stylistically, stylistically is my favorite. Mm -hmm. But when you are the boss, also yeah. is one of my favorites. When you reach mm -hmm. the church with a giant and you become the boss, after yeah. you defeat him and you join the Covenant, if you have the Covenant equipped and you play it online, Every time there's some player there, you yeah. get summoned as the boss. Because yeah. in that, if you play offline, it just summons some random NPC that you can just mm -hmm. easily kill. But yeah. when you play online, that's when the fun begins. That's when the fight becomes pretty fun and interesting. That's, you again, never know what you're going to fantastic mechanic. Summon. It's such yeah. a unique, fantastic mechanic that I love. It was in Demon's Souls, by the way. It was the first one, it was in Demon's Souls, uh -huh. yeah. 
yeah. there's i don't know if i remember they were saying it was like a monk wearing yellow something yeah and he summons a peer player yep yeah him. he does i forget the name of the boss but you're absolutely correct yeah so they took that and they made it a bit better so you get summoned there they give you mm-hmm. one ability or two just to you know they give you a lot of hp depending on how much you're how many you are fighting and it's such an amazing fight because if you are the enemy of the boss well you get to showcase your build and you, you yeah. know you see people just scrambling around they don't know what's <laughs> going to happen and if you are the attacker if you are the you know the player character you don't know what you summon one of those summons got me some guy extremely <laughs> tanky with two shields and i yeah. couldn't do much he just kept bashing me and bashing me and i can't attack him because every time he just closes it's a shield that you would find in the ring city yeah. mm-hmm. and he just closes it's like a big door and he closes in and it's really hard to get around and he had mm-hmm. the havel armor and everything yeah so it was extremely tough i love it <laughs> yeah it's so, that and to I be like honest, they, one of ahead, the main sorry. reasons why I'm re-downloaded Dance Wars 3, 3, sorry to interrupt again, I no, keep interrupting fine. as usual, yeah. uh, is because I've always that Covenant equipped. I just want to sit around and wait to be summoned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I was going to say too is one of the things I liked was the way they've car- they kind of carried over some of the uh, the weapons and such across the games, it's like the Moonlight Swords. I give the Moonlight Great Sword. Carries That's from the game. my current build, by the way. Yeah. It's the Moonlight Greatsword. I'm a sorcerer slash kind of a uh, strength guy because you need a bit of strength to, to wield it. And yeah. you need to stay under 120 souls to be able to play the multiplayer correctly. So I'm, I have a bit of strength, but mainly I am a sorcerer. And I have three weapons of choice. The Moonlight Greatsword, a sorcerer staff, that's where you cast, you know, your magic and right. everything. And the aquamarine dagger that you find early on in the ringed city. I mm-hmm. usually, when I fight, I kind of do like, I, I kind of role play as a boss. So I start with the aquamarine dagger. If yeah. I get hit once or twice, depends on my HP, I switch to my sorceries. And then third, which is my main, the moonlight greatsword. And it does yeah ton of damage you have to seriously be good yeah. because if i get hit with one of its attacks you will die mm-hmm. yeah they've that they've the chaos blade the uchigitana which was what i used in my most recent playthrough that i streamed have uh, you played the bleed build or not with the uchigitana and everything i know what it of, is but i have not played it main builds is a bleed build it, mm. it was it was op they nerfed it but it's still op i forget that's exactly. why they used like really a, have that much struggle with gale i think i made a sharp uchikatana with high dexterity and i just rinsed everyone yeah. um, no no, no, no. I, you can do that you just you need some carthus rouge and you need to level up mm. luck luck yes you need to level you, you need to max out a bit on your okay. luck so when you play with the cell swords or the Uchigatana and everything, you can inflict inflict bleed, and mm-hmm. bleed deals a ton of damage. And if you do wield, you will inflict bleed in half of the uh, time you are supposed to. So yeah. they basically will see their life explode in a way every time. And <laughs> uh, before the nerf, it was too OP. Like I said, yeah. I beat Gale with it, and <laughs> I didn't struggle too much because I did yeah. so much damage. Oh, it's it's so overpowered. I ran right through that game on stream. Um, you got that, the, like, Artorius weapons. They have, like, the Abyss 
some of them are renamed like abyss great sword is that the great sword of artorius uh wolf knight great sword yeah you know it you need to level up the covenant a bit with uh to get mm-hmm. the uh other weapon which is a pretty yeah. cool looking one it's like a mm-hmm. curved great sword and it's nice but i think the moonlight great sword like there's a version of that even in bloodborne as well isn't there and it's amazing too yeah you in the DLC you fight the main the first boss uh I forgot his name the horse kind of boss which is kind of hard after you kill it I think he drops his blade or you go by it one of those two things kind of don't remember but it's it's amazing all of those games have it and I love the iteration of Dark Souls 2 where you can kind of find the Moonlight Blade Sword but it's a fake one and you yeah. need to progress through the game to, in order to be in, able to unlock the true blue, you know, more light blade sword. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's cool. I just like that they do that, that they have the uh, the weapons kind of carry over through the series and have this connection between them more than just like the lore, but just like also like the weapons. Like, oh, I, I know what this is. I've seen it before. It's kind of been handed down through the the series to the different characters and stuff like that. And it's, it's kind of cool. Um. Why don't you touch on uh, Bloodborne a little bit? Since you've played that, I've not played it. What was your experience with that like? Man, no, of course I'm not going to go into any spoilers. Why not? <laughs> it, I've seen is, some gameplay of this. Yeah. The thing is, Bloodborne is unique in its type. It's, it is a Souls-like game. You can easily get into it. You'll easily yeah. understand, oh, so this is how you play it. So if you have your knowledge of the Souls series... Mm-hmm. You can easily go through it. But at the same time, it has its unique identity. First yeah. of all, the Victorian setting. Like you feel yeah. like it looks <clears throat> you're somewhere in Europe and it looks aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. So good. It has the Lovecraftian also yeah. feel to it and air to it. The music in the game kind of takes a mainstream seat. All of the, most of the iconic music of the Saw series comes from Bloodborne. Such an amazing, from German to the, I don't know, uh, to the Cleric Beast, amazing music. Because I think it was needed for this story, yeah. for the setting. Because Dark Souls, they had to do it that way. They have to have the silence and they have to have just the music that is there, but it shouldn't overpower what is going on because that's the uh, feel mm-hmm. of the game. But in Bloodborne, they didn't need that anymore. Because Bloodborne is a different story, and it's so amazing when you have, you know, such level of soundtrack in it. And yeah. I remember seeing it because I did play it on a friend's console. I had to come on. I love it so much. <laughs> and one of the most aspects that I love of it is the fact that basically all of the characters you play are dexterity-based characters. So that's number one. Mm. That's really good because I'm a dexterity guy. <laughs> and what I mean by dexterity is Seriously, the dexterity, not the stat. You're, oh, yeah. you're dexterous. You're really fast. You attack fast. And you're not slow, you know, walking slow, tanking everything. No, no, no. You have to be fast. You have that dash, the unique dash of Bloodborne and everything. So it makes the combat pretty dynamic and amazing. Oh, yeah. And it has the unique weapon transformation aspect each weapon is unique like you can play the entire game with any of those weapons and it's going to be just as good as any other weapon you find some are really overpowered but others (laughs) are good you choose what weapon to represent you 
Obviously, uh, for example, if you start at the beginning and you choose the axe, the axe is much better. It makes the game a bit easier. Mm-hmm. I choose the uh, iconic weapon that you see the cover. Okay. So I was rocking that for a bit. Um, some people do the cane. The cane is the hardest one. The cane is okay. a bit hard. But yeah, the axe is just you hold the button and you just do a spinny attack and you either knock them or kill them. So it's easy earlier level, really easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it has so much good weaponry so many unique weapons the other aspects that i love so much about bloodborne is the gear sets it's, you know the uh the outfits the gears the design of the the the, the mm-hmm. clothes that your hunter wears is amazing everything is leather based because and all of course and as usual they have everything tied to the story the hunters wear the way that they wear because they believe that they shouldn't get blood into them and everything. So they had to leave, to wear weather and leather and everything. And it's such, it's always amazing. The story is good. Story is amazing, and the NPC progression is well done. And for Bloodborne, they kind of came. It's not kind of came back because they were developing. They were developing it with. Dark Souls 2. So mm-hmm. they kind of came fresh from Dark Souls 1. So it's kind of understandable why you see lots of similarities in the world design. Yeah. From Bloodborne to Dark Souls 1. It's so similar. Compared to Dark Souls 3, for example, which is a culmination of all those games. Mm-hmm. Dark, Bloodborne and Dark Souls are similar in this aspect. Where the game is layered and the shortcuts are as amazing as you would expect, uh, you know, in Dark Souls 1. And like I said, the world design and especially the Lovecraftian theme just made it an amazing series. And it's funny yeah. as it's like there is a certain small aspect of a horror into it. If I had to describe a perfect survival horror, Bloodborne would be my number one. Mm. It's funny because it's not supposed to be a survival horror game, yeah. but it is. It, it is. <laughs> like, you have to survive that situation. And there's so many monsters. Okay. There's so many places with so much good sound design that mm-hmm. it would scare you. So many people think that survival horror is just basically jump scares and, you know, you need to be scared. Survival yeah, horror yeah. is you surviving. It doesn't need to be scary. Mm-hmm. If there is a scary setting, it's good. But usually it can just be in the broad daylight and you trying to survive, I don't know, something. That's survival. Mm-hmm. And it's horror because, well, you will die in real life. The real life is a survival <laughs> horror, to be honest. But still, Bloodborne is, Bloodborne is amazing because it just translates the perfect, perfectness of survival horror that mm. I just needed. That wasn't a Resident Evil at the time. It was mm. just Resident Evil 6 and Resident Evil 5. And it just the whole Resident Evil series kind of lost its identity and... They were just developing the seventh in the series, and which is good, by the way. Mm. But we kind of needed the fix of the old ones, and Bloodborne was there for that. Yeah, nice. And that nice. I love it. That I love yeah. it. for that. I love it. By the way, if you want a sample, just go and uh, listen to either German's music or German's mm. theme. Just type in German's theme on YouTube or the <laughs> Cleric Beast theme. Such an amazing, amazing pieces of music. Nice, nice. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add with Bloodborne. Like I said, I haven't played it, but I don't know if, if you have, you have anything PS4, else you want to add. Please, by mm-hmm. all means, try it. 
you would love it. It's funny, we were just talking about this earlier, the mm. word of mouth, man. It's yeah, exactly. The game yeah, yeah. is so amazing that you just want, whatever they, you are talking to, be it a friend or not, yeah. you just want to play. You have to play such an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's, they, put, they put it out and they let it speak for itself. And people that like it are like, hey, you got to play this. This is a great game. Yeah. Um, which is kind of what I was going to go to next. I don't know if you had anything else to add on uh, Bloodborne, but... No, kinda, we can't. If you if yeah. we delve too much into Bloodborne, <laughs> we would have to yeah. spoil some things. <laughs> I don't want to spoil some things. I just so. want to... I just want it to be vague because the experience of those games is just you experiencing them blindly. If you know mm-hmm. nothing... If you suffer, the more you suffer in a Souls game, the better it is. Yeah. So this isn't what I'm going to talk about next. Is not a Souls game, but it's a, it's a kind of a clone of it, but it's Souls like. It's Mortal Shell. I don't know if you've played this or watched anything about it. I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it. It goes without saying. I'm a, I'm a mm-hmm. diehard Souls fan. So anything yeah. like it, I am right there. So it, it's not. Is it good? Is it bad? But there are certain, there are certain. Sp- problems with the immortal shell why i disliked it why i loaded it i tried to play it a bit and i just deleted it so what what is it you didn't like about it first of all they try to reach the uniqueness of dark souls they couldn't Mm -hmm. and that's a big problem they are overthinking these guys that are trying to do souls like games they are overthinking things Mm. yes i understand it is an amazing mechanic but Make something unique. Make your vision. Imagine something you did. You have a guide, which is the Soul series. You have Dark Souls, you have Bloodborne, you have Sekiro. It's good. Play them. Get them as a guide. But don't make a clone. Don't try to make a clone. What jumps into is that when you see Mortal Shell, you try to kind of, it kind of looks like Dark Souls. But the number one thing that it doesn't have is the controls. The controls mm. are extremely clunky. Dark Souls controls are amazing. Even the first one, especially the remaster, for example, you <laughs> feel you know you feel the weight of the weapon. Your mm. character is responsive. That's not the case for Mortal Shell. The second one, like I said, is the world design, the enemy design. It's just forgettable. You, yeah, you know, yeah, these are right. the enemies you attack. It's not as, it's not as unique. You don't get the feeling. When you jump into Dark Souls, every enemy in Dark Souls, even if they are just weird skins in certain cases, mm-hmm. they're just unique. The Taurus demon, the Capra demon, the Undeadburg small enemies, they tell a story. We just I was just talking about that dragon yeah. on a cliff that you can easily miss. Mm-hmm. You can go and play infinity <laughs> plays of Dark Souls. Yeah. You will never have to run near that dragon. Mm-hmm. And yet it is there. And it is well designed, and it is telling a story. That's what it is missing. That's what Mortal Shell is missing. It's yeah. that yes, they're trying to make something, but they are focusing way too much on certain mechanics and forgetting others. They need to to have something as a whole. I'll agree with you in on order that. for it to be good. Yeah, I like I said, my main issue with the game was the hub area. That's the main like swamp hub area. Is it all looks too similar? That it really bugged me in that it was just it was hard to figure out where I was for a long portion of the game. I kept getting yeah, turned around. Yeah, compared to Filing Shrine, uh, Shrine slash Undeadburg. You mm-hmm. can see that there are 
it's not you can the look same. in a direction there, and there's see green stuff there is a yeah. giant tree then there is you know buildings and there's a mm-hmm. castle it's yeah. all the starting area yet it is so unique and uh you can look in one direction and see the castle and be like okay that's that way and you can look the other way and be like oh that's where the skeletons are and it goes down that way it's like it's distinguishable and you can see okay if i head in this direction somewhere at least in this direction i know sort of where it'll lead with, and that's where by, they are okay. missing by the way it's yeah. like okay the entire starting area is just a starting area well, do you mm-hmm. like that? You why not? You're following Dark Souls. Do you like Dark Souls? Give me mm-hmm. the ending area right there. I just go there and get demolished. That's up mm-hmm. to me. <laughs> That's up yeah. to me. It's fine. You you get demolished. You just never go there, and you level up, and then you go back there. It's fine. Not, it's good. It's it's probably my biggest complaint about the game is the like the hub area. Is my legit. biggest it complaint is going to be the clunky controls. To be honest, sorry. I actually didn't it, have an issue with the so controls bad. for the most part, which was I don't weird. know. Uh, it feels like you're playing with VSync on. I don't know. Have you seen mm-hmm. VSync? You know, when you activate VSync on your computer yeah. and it is one of the older VSyncs and you try to aim in a fr- first person shooter and it's like there is some sort of an input lag between your mouse and the, the, the game. So you move with your mouse and it takes like a fraction of a second or two to have the action executed on the game. You feel kind of disconnected and you mm-hmm. feel your character is too heavy. It's like a big truck trying to mm-hmm. move a big truck. Those things, not so good. Hmm. Yeah, no, I actually didn't have a problem with the controls for the most part. It took me a while to get used to the mechanic. I do like the hardening mechanic. I thought that was interesting. That was interesting, yeah. Yeah, I, I once I got used to that, I actually got a lot, I immediately got a lot better at the game once I figured that out. Um, so, like, I obviously it's shorter than like the Souls games, and you're not, you're paying half the price as a Souls game. It, they weren't pretending uh, yeah, to be it's as long. an indie game. And yeah. I commend them for that. It's one of the better ones. Yeah. Yeah, no. It, I mean, Lords, I played Lords of Fallen. Oh, my God. That was... Uh, no. I didn't get I very far through that at all. the other one that I hated so much. What is it? What's it called? Uh, you play in the big factory, and it's Swords-like, and I hate it. I hate it. I don't know. I played, I played Lords of the Fallen. I didn't get far in that one at all. Yeah. Lords of um, the Fallen. It's the same developer that made Lords of, Lords of the Fallen. And they made this one. And I played it. I was thinking, okay, the factory is just going to be near the beginning area. And I finished the game and I didn't leave the factory. It was the entire area was just a giant hub of factories and just enemies. Hmm. The interesting aspect about that game is that you can attack certain parts of the enemies and detach them and get them as upgrades. Are you talking about like the surge or something like that? The surge. There okay. you have it. Yeah, I don't the know surge two really I deleted. That. The surge two in the tutorial I deleted. Hmm. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was a joke to me. The surge one was fine to me, to be honest. Yes, yeah. I hated it, but I played it. I played the entirety of it. I liked the mechanic. It was an interesting one. The hmm. surge two, I just hated. Everything about <laughs> it was just not right. I just didn't like it. The per- the character felt too small. I don't know. The camera placement was not that good. The hmm. Level design was just forgettable, and it was just now, nah, nah, just sorry. Mm. We'll forget about that then, and we'll go back to Mortal Shell. <laughs> but like, I I liked the areas in Mortal Shell outside of the hub. Like, I it it made it almost more of a letdown the hub area because you get to like the different areas. I forget what they're called off the top of my head, but you have like a fire area, an ice area, and then like a sort of like a magical area, and they were really cool. I really liked them. Um, it. It's just the hub area was so bad. It's like every I got so confused everywhere I went. It was it wasn't until after I actually beat the game that I started learning where everything was. 
And uh, so there's three areas. There's Sanctum of Flame, uh, the Martyr's Altar, and the Shifting Archives, right? And so I'll, I guess I'll break down the game since it's newer. Most of our people probably haven't played it. Most people that listen. So it's it's obviously a Souls-like game. And there's three main areas. And basically you control a character who inhabits the shells of people that have, have died. So you get into their bodies and there's four of them. One's like a... Yeah. Or four or three? I think there's... I don't remember. There's one that's a big tanky guy. He's got a lot more health. Uh, but less stamina. There's one who's kind of averaged. Um, that you, uh, there are four. There's the starting guy who has a bit more health, a little less stamina. The next guy you get has a, uh, more health and more stamina both. You have the tank guy who's got a lot of health but very little stamina. And then you have a, like a rogue sort of character who has got a lot less health but a lot more stamina. So you inhabit them and each one has abilities. Um, the, abil- that was, the abilities I were somewhat useful but none of them were like game changing to me. Um, and another thing about the game too is you don't level up your character. It's not like you increase your health or your strength and stuff like that and dexterity. There's none of that. You're just unlocking a couple of different abilities for your character. Like he might learn. Uh, so I guess I'll uh, explain this. The, the more you use items, there's like a familiarity level with them. So each one has like a familiarity out of 10 so mushrooms are like one of the first items you get that heal you each time you eat a mushroom you gain one familiarity level and then once you hit 10 it has a, an cough, additional that's effect cough. <laughs> yeah exactly that's the one thing i don't like about the game too is the healing factor that you have to get you have to farm items in order to heal there's no estus oh so basically blackborn sure sure um you can also do counter attacks that give you your health back as well um but yeah, you like um, if you Again, die. So basically, bloodborne. Yeah, if you if you die, you get knocked out of your guy's shell. There's a certain amount of time that you can get back into it, and then you get full health. But if you get knocked out again, then you're just actually dead. And you go back to the the hub area. Um, but one of the abilities is you get more time to get back in your shell. And there's another ability that if you kill enough enemies, you get to get knocked out of your shell again, and that stacks. So you could. And it, if you keep killing enough enemies, you could get knocked out of your shell and keep getting back in. You could theoretically uh, keep like last forever doing that. Wouldn't recommend it. It sucks. <laughs> and but, when uh, you, here's but, the thing that I wanted to ask. If you get a certain shell, do you have its abilities? I think you should. It's like you take the form of a knight, for you example. Do. So you have yeah, knight so, abilities and everything. And there's items you can use to switch through the different shells while you're out on the go. You can normally you can only change them when you're at the main hub area, and then when you're in the like the outside worlds, uh, you have to use the items to jump between them. And it's the same thing with the weapons. In order to each each of the three, so there's three main bosses and then one final boss. Um, each of the three side areas, you can collect one of the unique weapons. There's four weapons in the game. Each, each shell has its own weapon. And each time you get one of these weapons, there's a boss you fight called Hadern, which is just an anagram for Harden. He's the tutorial boss that te- like you fight off against. And then each time you get a new weapon, you have to fight him to beat him and then claim the weapon from him. And I thought that was kind of neat. I, 
I really like the art style in those fights as well as like the boss fights. Like I said, the hub itself is just terrible. <laughs> I can't get over it how bad the hub world is. Um, but I like. Go ahead. No, no, continue. I was just. Oh, okay. I like the idea of like unlocking the weapons by fighting a guy who's using the weapon and showing you how it's meant to be used, essentially. So you're learning how to use the weapon while you're fighting against it. You're learning the weaknesses of it. That way, by the time you get it, you know the weaknesses of it. Like, oh, it's slower, but this is the benefit of it, you know? So it's, it's kind of interesting in that aspect. Um, like, you're fighting a guy that has the exact same abilities as you. And so you're learning your strengths and weaknesses by fighting a guy that's basically you. One of the main things that kind of attracted me to Mortal Shell as I was mm-hmm. as I was watching the videos and everything is yeah. that it gave me it gave me a vibe of Ultra, Altered Beasts. It's a very okay. old game developed mm-hmm. by Sega. I don't know if you know it or not. I've heard of it. Yeah. It was it was it was in 1988, by the way. And <laughs> you play a character, if I remember correctly, that was resurrected by Zeus. And it was an arcade, of course. It's an arcade 2D game. And yeah. you are resurrected to by Zeus to rescue Athena, if mm-hmm. I'm not. It should be the story. So yeah. you start wearing nothing. And as you kill enemies, you power up. And then I think you kill special enemies. And you, you take shape-shifting abilities. You can like become a, tiger, a bear, a bear like you can become a spider, I think, you can become a, a flying thing, and each mm-hmm. of those have their own abilities. So, yeah. kind of Mortal Shell, I was hoping it's going to be something of the sort. Because yeah. to be honest, I am secretly hoping there's going to be something. But Altered Beast is such a unique game that in 1988, mm-hmm. at the time where there was no real lore or stories, it was just games that... 2D yeah. games that you beat mm-hmm. them. Yet this one was a bit unique and extremely hard, of course. Yeah. And the mechanic was pretty nice that you take, you shape shift and you take mm-hmm. forms and uh, you start very skinny. And as you take power ups, you can see your character getting buffed and buffed yeah. again. It's such <laughs> a hilarious thing and a very interesting theme. So when I saw Mortal Shell, I was thinking, huh, maybe they're going to do that. So you're going to enter into this shell and you're going to gain its powers. And if you get hit, you're going to get knocked out of this shell and you're going to have to either reacquire it or just get mm-hmm. into another one. And mm-hmm. each area has its own unique... I think I'm describing... <laughs> I think <laughs> I am describing a mortal shell, Yeah, if I am correct. Yeah, no, you are. Yeah. No, like I said, once you get into the external worlds, I like them a lot. I think the layouts are cool. I think visually they look really good. Like I said, when you... Uh, when you get to the Sanctum of Flame, which is the... I forget what the actual uh, world is called. That's the like the end area uh, for that boss. Um, but it's it's cool. Like it's unique. Every and en- like a lot of the enemies in that area are unique. There's a, a big fat enemy that sits in like a tub of lava and it'll throw balls of lava at you. And I was like, oh, they're kind of annoying, but that's cool. It's a unique enemy. Uh, there's these dual wielding enemies that have like fire attacks, but once you kill them they don't respond anymore. They're like mini bosses, sort of, but like mini, mini bosses, if that makes sense. Rare uh, bosses, yeah. Yeah, Rare sure, units. sure. There you go. Thank you, yeah. And so it's like you can progress through that. Uh, there's not a lot of checkpoints in the game, which is okay because it's not a long game. Um, but the boss fights themselves were kind of fun. Uh, I don't know how much you want me to say. I don't want to spoil it for you. Yeah, I should... I should give it another try. I don't know. I won't spoil it. 
It's just, um, it's missing a bit. It's missing a bit of... Uh, that's what you get from an industry. It's studio, hard though, to replicate, but because to be honest, Dark Souls created a unique world. I mean, mm-hmm. in comparison, I don't know if there is a tangible story in the Mortal Shell world or not, but everything in Dark Souls revolves around the much. story of the game. Yeah. Everything is well crafted to just be part of the game. From mm-hmm. the enemies to you to the way you die to the bonfires to the saving mechanic, all of those things are part of the lore series, and that's yeah. kind of a hard thing to top. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the missing aspects of uh, those Souls-like clones. Is that yeah. they focus too much on the mechanics of Dark Souls, mm-hmm. but they forget that certain of those mechanics, some of them, are a result of the story of the game. A result yeah. of the lore of the game. And it's funny as I say that because if you can't look truly into the lore of the game, you wouldn't realize this. You have yeah. to seriously piece the things together in order to understand this. It's so funny at the same time. Mm-hmm. Again, that's what makes Dark Souls a masterpiece, quote yeah. unquote. It's my own opinion of what I'm saying. But I think many of our many of the people that played the game would be in this opinion line of sight it's we think it's a masterpiece because of this yeah. it's such a huge vast world that has a really interesting story and everything you see looks interesting because it is interesting it looks interesting because it's unique there is yeah. a reason why a black knight is black it's funny mm-hmm. you think okay why are there silver knights and uh, black knights yeah and you think oh it's just you know they're trying to recycle no 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 they're not trying to recycle enemies. The no. Black Knights are Black Knights because they were charred, because they fought in the Age of Dragons. Mm-hmm. They fought demons, and they uh, yeah, 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 they fought demons, and their armors became black as a result. And the silver ones are not the same. Mm-hmm. They were in Anorlando, and they didn't have the same experience. So that's it's like simple details. But mm-hmm. Everything in Dark Souls is in the details. So Mortal Shell is that's one of the things that at the lacks. end of it. It's just a game. Yes, yeah. you know, you will have complaints and there are good things and bad things, but there isn't the experience that yeah. Dark Souls offers. No, like I said, a lot of the enemies are reused. Like even the reskin ones, they feel the same. Like when you get to um what's it called? The shifting archives. Uh that's the third area I did. They have the dual building enemies again, except they just don't have fire. It's literally the exact same enemy, just no fire. And I was like, oh, okay, here we go again. I mean, obviously, there's new er- and new types of enemies in that area as well. And uh, it was a cool area. Um, but it, again, I, th- I think it was, uh, it was one of the things where it's like, all right, they just didn't really know exactly what to do to make another enemy, so they kind of re- reused one of the old ones. But fair enough. Every other enemy in that area was unique. Oh, come but- on. From Software is one of the big companies that use recycled assets. It's just knowing <laughs> when to use them, that's all. No, you're right. You're right, yeah. Um, but it. the other thing I was going to say, too, is the bosses kind of felt disjointed for the areas they were in. They're out of, like I said, there's three main bosses and a final boss. There's a couple of mini-bosses as well, which I actually liked. I think the mini-bosses made sense in their areas. And then Tarsus, the first martyr, is in the ice sort of area. I don't want to spoil too much, but I'm kind of explaining a little bit. I thought that boss fit in. The other two, uh, in the fire area and like the magical area, yeah, they were fire and like sort of magically based, but they didn't make sense in their areas. Like the fire one, it's like all of a sudden you're in a specific area and I'm like, oh, well this is, this doesn't really make sense compared to like where I was just at. 
right? And I don't, I'm I'm trying to like tiptoe around it so I don't spoil it for you, but it, it just kind of feel disjointed. And every time you fight a boss, right, you get to the end of the the area, and you go up to this chalice, like you get up to this bowl of like whatever, and you drink it, and all of a sudden you're teleported to a new area, and that's where you fight the boss. It's not part of like the the main world. You have to go into a unique area to fight the boss, and that's kind of what took me out of it a little bit because it's like oh this area yeah again this area is like not the same as where i was just at and so it's kind of disjointed although i did like the, bosses. the difference between I really souls like the and uh, mortal shell everything floats so that's well the game the design universe. aspect that's the game design aspect it's just yeah. it's just a designer designing game but mm-hmm. the difference between miyazaki and them is that miyazaki has the law has the story he designed the world yeah and the monsters and the bosses are the result of it mm-hmm. the capra demon at the beginning, he's a warden. He's mm-hmm. a warden holding the undead in their cells. So when they become hollows, they will stay there because they started manifesting the accursed sign that later mm-hmm. is explained in the, the Ring City. So mm-hmm. people from all over the world, they will just take them to the asylums, like yeah. the uh, under the asylum. And of course, they assigned these wardens to prevent them from escaping see that's easy that's an easy way to explain why there is this demon there yeah it mm-hmm. is a warden and as you progress through dark souls each boss has an explanation why is it there the gargoyles it's a bell has gargoyles of yeah. course they will fight you they're trying to protect the bell it's like it has a certain way of explaining itself Mm-hmm. So of course, Without when you're trying to design a game and just design a game, of course mm-hmm. you'll run into these problems because you your world is not consistent. You don't have an identity. Mm-hmm. So resort to okay, we have the mechanics. We need to design bosses. So we just design a boss. The mm-hmm. boss could be good, could be bad. Like you said, one fit, I, like one I said, doesn't. Fit. I like the bosses in Mortal Shell. They they are yeah. unique bosses, and I like them. They, sometimes they just feel disjointed from where they're at, the location yeah. they're in. You yeah. just you just don't feel like they're supposed to fit. It's not mm-hmm. just Mortal Shell that does this. It's mm-hmm. other ones like, uh, you know, like I said, Lords of the Fallen. They just feel like they're there because they're supposed to be bosses. They're super, it's yeah. the game. You reach a certain point in the game where you need to fight a boss, mm-hmm. and there's a boss. Sometimes if you look too deep into it, there's no reason why that boss is there. Mm-hmm. These are the kind of things that... You know, again, these are the kind of things that a future Souls designer should look into. Make your world, do the story in your head, prepare Mm -hmm. it, then create a game based on it. And everything is going to be just good because anything you create has a story behind it. It has purpose. Every monster, every NPC, every area, it just creates itself. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the one thing too, I will say the other side of this is Hadern, the the boss, like the tutorial boss and the boss you fight to get the weapons. He kind of makes sense because he's the gatekeeper of these things. He fits into the area he's in. He's in his own standalone area. That's the only place you see him though, and it makes sense that he's there. Even the final boss of the game, you go to a different area, it makes absolutely no sense where it's at. It it's just bizarre, honestly. The final boss takes forever too. I beat it the second time I think I fought it. But even then, it's like, oh, it's just, it's one of those fights where it's like, it's just meant to take a long time. It's not necessarily that, it wasn't that hard once you understand the mechanics of it. Like I said, I think I figured it out like the second or third time I fought it. It's like, okay, I know how to avoid it this way. And I know 
like I said, hardening is the, the mechanic that stands out the most in this game. Where instead hardening of like, is basically like parry in Dark Souls. Sort of. I mean, there is a parry in Mortal Shell as well. But instead of rolling out of the way from all the attacks in this game, you can harden. And it is like parrying, like you said, yeah. Where instead of having to roll out of the way, the enemies will hit you while you're hardened. And then they'll they'll back, it'll like stun them and you can attack then. Or you can parry as well. Um, but you have like a certain stamina bar for that. Damage. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Even when you uh, when you roll out of the way, sometimes uh, you you get you're like borderline invincible in this game, where you harden a little bit when you do that. Um, without getting too much into detail, though, the final boss, like once you learn the mechanics of it, it has like a couple of attacks it does. Other than that, it's like all right, it just takes me a while. Oh, they take me. The, the force takes me. Nah, come on. I hate those kind of things. It's one of those things where it's like, it's not that it's a difficult fight. It's just dragged out for a while. And so any boss that takes forever to kill, the odds of the longer it takes you to kill the enemy, the longer, the more op- opportunity there is for you to make a mistake, right? So they're, they just drag it out a while. I think it. So like, basically I've, it has phases, the phasing type of boss. No, there I'm wasn't really. A, there's. It, it has like a standard phase and there's one special thing it does like i said i don't want to spoil it for you it has one thing it does and it only occurred like once in the fight outside of, like it took me like 15 minutes to beat the boss which i don't know if that sounds like a long time or not but for me it like it dragged out forever it was like 15 17 minutes long or something where it didn't have that many unique attacks it's just a matter of like okay this is what it's doing now i remember how to avoid it i'm just going to keep chipping away at its health um, it's funny, I'm trying to compare it to uh, Gwyn, Lord of Cinder. Oh, uh, okay. And even Gwyn, it does have it does have a couple of attacks, though. Too, mm-hmm. it's, you know, when you look at the fight, mm-hmm. it's lame. It just jumps on you, has a flaming sword, and uh, that's yeah. it. Has a couple of attacks, has a grab, and that's it. But yeah. that's the beauty of it. It's mm-hmm. a hollow. It's a former king, one of the most powerful lords that just went hollow. He yeah. no longer have a you know personality. His power came from himself, and he lost himself. So mm-hmm. you're fighting just a shell of a former powerful entity, and yeah. I love that. And at the same time, mechanically, the fight could be hard, could be easy. You can, if you understand how to parry, the fight mm-hmm. is easy. If yeah. you don't know how to parry in Dark Souls, it's going to be challenging. So the time <laughs> the take that it takes to kill Gwyn is up to you. So mm-hmm. you don't feel too forced when you're doing yeah. that fight because the time is determined by you. If you have an overpowered character, it's going to die fast. If you suck, it's going to take you a long time <laughs> and you're going to die and you're going to repeat. So those are the things that they should do. It's not artificially inflating a boss's life or creating time where he's invincible and those things as sucks to be honest yeah yeah the other the only thing i was going to touch on really was like the mini bosses they have these things called grisha which are like these big sort of like monkeys sort of things like gorillas with like blades on their hands that they slash you with and oh this is actually another thing i want to touch on there they were okay the one is in a cave which makes sense you go in you can fight it in there which isn't a spoiler you can fight it like right off the beginning of the game um once you again, it's another thing. Once you get the mechanic down, it's like okay, I know how to beat this. It's it's pretty easy. Um, and then there's again, this goes back to what you're saying, where it, there's no like storyline. It doesn't explain why the character is there. 
there's another enemy called Venoctivigu. I don't know how to pronounce it. Where it's just a one-off character that's like a really easy mini-boss thing, but there's no explanation for it. It's just weird. Like, I, I didn't understand what it was, who it was, like, why it was called that. Like, it just made no sense. The only backstory you get in the game is from the shells you inhabit. They give you a very small amount of backstory um, when you unlock some of their abilities. Like, one of the... Uh, well, I'm not going to spoil it. Never mind. But, yeah, like, there's not a whole lot of lore to go along with it, which is a little frustrating because I'd like to understand oh, it more. Just, I was just talking about this earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a law to create a setting to the game, and it's just a box seat mm-hmm. in the video game. Whereas the law of Dark Souls is the game. Yeah. The The last thing I was going to touch on with Mortal Shell as well was the one more mechanic called the fog. So when you beat a boss, you collect a gland, and there's three glands you have to take back to the, the central hub. And when you collect these, the world you're in, becomes a little it becomes like foggy and it becomes more difficult like the bo- the enemies are a little bit stronger and then once you get back to the hub world there's these other enemies that attack you and the, the mechanic is once you get your first gland and turn it in everything goes back to normal but there's a character that appears that allows you to activate the fog whenever you want and so new enemies appear and you can fight a little bit stronger mini bosses in this area and i like that mechanic that you can like at will fight stronger enemies to to help you unlock stuff a little bit easier but outside of that, like, there's not any real purpose to do so once you unlock everything. It's like you're not progressing any further, and you don't need to unlock the abilities to progress in the game. Like I said, you don't make your guys stronger. The only abilities that are really worthwhile is to unlock familiarity with items, which you don't need to do for the most part um, if you're looking to beat the game. Again, I the main reason I progressed a lot of my abilities, like unlocking them, and unlocking familiarity with items was just for the achievements. There's no in-game reason to really have to do them. And again, like unlocking the fog, you don't have to do it because you don't gain anything from doing it. The only abilities that really help you gameplay-wise are uh, giving you a longer time to get back to your shell if you get knocked out, and the one that if you kill enough enemies, you get another opportunity to get knocked out of your shell. Those are the only two that really assist you gameplay-wise. There's nothing that increases your health or your strength and anything like that. You can improve your weapons. You can upgrade them a little bit, but I mean, you don't need to grind for these things. They're just specific items you pick up. So yeah, they're it, not giving you a reason why to go on New Game Plus if there is New Game Plus. There, there is New Game Plus. Um, there is a hard mode as well, and there's a specific hard mode where there's a couple different versions. There's one where it's just harder, and there's another one where you can complete. They, it's an in-game mechanic where there's actually achievements tied to it where you complete the game without ever picking up a shell. And so if when you're not in a shell, you can get you get killed in one hit. There's no way to last more than one hit when you're outside of a shell. So you literally have to beat the game without getting hit. Yeah, so it's a hitless run, yeah. Yeah. And uh it, it's difficult. The one I'm going to spoil one thing. There's crossbow enemies in the game with they shoot three arrows quickly like a semi-automatic crossbow. It's the one of the most frustrating parts of that of the level for me is you're running back and there's I don't I think there's like 10 of them lined up in front of you. It's literally like they copy and pasted. Like imagine some new kid trying to create his own video game. You just drag a bunch of enemies in one area like you make a big clump of them. There's like 10 of them lined up and you die almost immediately. It's so frustrating. And that yeah. was another. Now we had our fair share of that in Dark Souls to be honest. 
but not like that. Like imagine in Dark Souls, if remember Shrine of Amana, unnerved Shrine of Amana was a nightmare. Hmm. When you're talking about you know ranged attack, is that that entire area is just basically a water that you can fall through, hmm. and it's barely visible, and a yeah. ton of enemies that have ranged bows, I think, or crossbows, hmm. and they just keep sniping you, and it's pretty well, frustrating. Imagine except the music in Orlando where you have the silver knights with their big bows. You know, you have. You know what I'm talking about, right? The character, the Silver Knights with their giant dragon rider bows. I think Undoubtedly, yeah. Yeah. Imagine there's 10 of them lined up at the top of the staircase you're running up, all shooting at you at once. That's what this is like in Mortal Kombat. Oh, it's, it's just the cheap deaths, you know. Okay, it's friend, what it you is. need to die here. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It serves no purpose, but you just need to die. Exactly. There's no way to do it legitimately. You have to just sprint through, and then that's it. There's no way to, like narrow them down like kill them off one by one because you just aggro all of them at once um overall while mortal shell is an indie game i i'm not going to criticize it as much as i would like a full-fledged triple a title it was a good game i really did like it by the time we were done with it and i understood the mechanics fully i really did like it there are just a lot of glaring issues with it that i hope they improve upon once they receive feedback from people like i say it's not something they can fix with a quick patch really but the hub world itself is just a shit show. It's just, it's everything looks the same. It is so confusing. And that's something that if they make a sequel, they really need to adjust because it's, it's everything. It's just a swamp and everything looks identical. It's, it's terrible for a, for a hub world. Right. Oh. I'm it. That was bad. Um, you said you had issues with the controls, so maybe they could touch up on those. Um, and then just make it so everything flows smoother from like into the boss fights it bugged me that it's like, all right, I'm at the boss fight. And now it's a cutscene as I go into the boss fight and I'm in a different area. Like I want it to like flow into the boss fight. Like with Dark Souls, like I say, you go through the fog wall and it's just a continuation of the previous area. Yes, it's its its own secluded area because of the fog walls. But once you beat the boss, it's all just a continuation of the same area. It's not secluded off on its own. And yeah. I think Mortal Shell could do that. And like I say, they just felt disjointed. They didn't seem like they had like anything to do with the previous areas like yes it's a fire boss you're in a fire area but it's like this place doesn't even look the same as the area i was i was just in like it doesn't make sense um so yeah i have complaints about the game uh there's like i said having like a giving like when you respawn you should have the opportunity to heal yourself like if you run out of mushrooms at like during a boss fight and respawn you just have nothing to heal yourself with so before I, the one time, I think it was my second stream, before I turned the stream on, I loaded the game up in my living room and I sat there and I, I adjusted my character so I was staring at the mushroom and they have a five minute respawn on them. So they do respawn, so you can farm them like that. I stood there, had my wait character- a, Wait a second, I want to stop okay. you for a second. Mm-hmm. So in Bloodborne, there's something mm-hmm. similar. There's no Estus. You have blood vials. Okay. Blood vials you acquire throughout the enemies you kill in the world, mm-hmm. or you go and you buy them in your hub world. From yeah, you can't buy healing items. So, in so you have though. two ways. There are other healing items, but it doesn't really matter. They, they okay. just are too rare. But your main healing, your main Estus, and you have a, I think, I don't know, 15 of them or something, is mm-hmm. those. Along with the mechanic that if you get hit in Bloodborne, you have a chance to hit back and recover a certain percentage of your life. Yeah. So that, we're not going to talk about that. Is that <laughs> you understand that 
they already created a way for you. Okay, because my, in my first run in Bloodborne, I've ran out of vials many times. Yeah. There's, I had no swords, no vials. So what you're mm. going to do? Easy. Go f- slowly farm enemies. Mm-hmm. Some drop one, some drop two, and yeah. you can, you know, you will have a way. It's mm. kind of a interesting idea because you, you are playing the game. You're not stopping. So... Mm-hmm. Eventually, you're going to have enough vials to go back to the boss. And it's kind of good because you're already, uh, you are as well farming blood echoes, which are equivalent of souls, that are good for you in general. So you have ways to get them instantly and immediately as you are enjoying the game and getting better at it. Yeah. So if it's not the same in Monster Shadow, that's a big, that's the big thing. negative. It, that's the big negative. It's frustrating. There is no way to, you literally Design have to wise. just pick up mushrooms. As there are other healing items, but they're more rare. Mushrooms are the main thing. You can't buy them. You literally just have to go around and wait for the mushrooms to respawn on a five-minute timer. And yeah, then, again, artificially kind of like inflating the game, never yeah. a good idea. And so what I did was I literally stood there facing the mushroom like two hours before my stream started, right? I knew I was going to start where I left off the day before, which was fighting the boss. And I stood there and I just... I, we were watching TV, but I had the Xbox on in the background. And so I had a thing on my phone. So every five minutes it would go off and I'd hit the uh, X button and I'd pick up a mushroom. And then when I got to the yeah, boss, let's I had just like go play World of Warcraft it and just be done with it. Come on. This is so <laughs> sad. It's a but single yeah, player game. They, they should either do such things. They should either make it where you could buy healing items or make it so they're like available from killing enemies. The only way to get them currently is to pick them up off the ground in sparse little areas you see the huge the difference between bloodborne and mortal shell it's mm-hmm. yeah it's frustrating to run in to run, literally run out of heals to be running in the world with zero healing mm-hmm. even if you die and go back with there's nothing you can heal with yeah it's that's frustrating the yes but easily you will understand easily that no problem there are mm-hmm. ways bigger enemies give you bigger amounts of those vials normal enemies sometimes drop them sometimes they don't but overall as you're killing those enemies, at least you are getting blood echoes that will enable you to not only buy those vials, but to even buy other items or perhaps even level up your character. So at the end of the day, yes, frustrating, but Mm -hmm. feasible. It's a good mechanic. It's part of the whole stick of Bloodborne. And I love it, to be honest. I like Mm -hmm. it. It's really good. So if you don't do something similar, you automatically make the player hate your game yeah and that's the thing too with mortal shell you can get health back by parrying and attacking enemies but like i say when you're in a boss fight at the end of the level like you can't parry these bosses and it's the bosses that need the the healing not the small enemies exactly yeah it's yeah that that the healing and the hub world i guess are my two main complaints about that game like i can't the disjointed like boss arenas and the bosses themselves, I can deal with because it doesn't affect the gameplay. It's like it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. But the fact that you have to sit there and it's just it's it takes forever to get any reasonable amount of healing items. And even then, the healing items aren't that useful. It heals like 30 health over like 10 seconds or something. I forget exactly how it works out. Maybe 30 seconds even. And you're not getting that much health back. And there's no healing. There's so few healing items that do anything valuable for you that you're just stuck with these mushrooms that don't do a whole lot for you. Even when you have full familiarity with them, they still don't do that much. They don't give you that much health. So you just ha- you have to sit there and grind them out. 
And then when you get to a boss, if you take one big hit, it's like, all right, well, there go three mushrooms. It's like, that's like 15 minutes down the drain from one hit. And it's like, I better not get hit again or I'm out of a half an hour of my time trying to get my healing back. And uh, yeah, it yeah, just... that sucks. That's the biggest grind is the, the health thing. Um, but yeah, the like I said, the some of the, the weapons are unique. Like you get the standard sword, which is a little bit slower, but does more damage, especially when you upgrade it. The starting sword you get is super... I used that the entire game. It was great. Um, there is a bigger sword. You can get this big sword you get. And it has like a, a special overpowered attack. I do like the overpowered attacks. Um, there's a hammer and chisel, which are a little bit more effective. And then there's a big mace. That's obviously super slow, but it does a lot more damage. It has like a fire effect to it. Um, so they're they're kind of cool. And then there's a ba- bazooka lista, where it's a big bazo- like bazooka <laughs> thing that shoots an arrow out. Which, against some normal enemies, is okay. It's pretty much worthless. It doesn't do like any damage. Which so is it's not of, even like the Dragon Slayer bow, which is basically the bazooka of Dark Souls, where yeah. it does damage if you get someone. Yeah, no, this it, ton it, of you damage spend, and it knocks back. In Immortal Shell, I once you get towards the end of the game, which doesn't take too long, it's easier to get uh, tar, which is the equivalent of souls. But early on, like when you would need this bazooka lista, it's like eight thousand tar, which. On average, like someone I saw, like halfway through the game, on average, you usually carry like two to three thousand, maybe. Like it's not super easy to to get. Like you can grind it out, but it takes a long time. So you're investing like eight thousand in this, and it's like, all right, I just spent my entire like I put in hours of effort to get this, and you shoot it, and it's like it it barely like some of the the stronger enemies in the hub area even it doesn't kill them in one hit, and you would expect it to because it costs so much to make it. Plus, the ammunition is is scarce, and you have to spend a lot on... It's like a 1,000 for every shot. So you'd think it would do more, and it doesn't. I went. I used it on one of the bosses, one of the like side bosses, and I fired a shot at it, and it did like maybe like 6% of its health. It's like, oh my god, this thing should be doing way more damage for the amount of effort you have to put into getting it. Plus, when you use it, your guy crouches down and puts it on his shoulder. You can't move around. Like, you're you have to put a lot of effort into getting this weapon and using it, putting yourself at a huge risk, and there's just no reward for it. There's no reason to ever use this thing. I mean, you can try and hit enemies at a distance, but you have to really aim high, and even then, it doesn't do much damage. And Yeah, as you're saying these things, I'm thinking directly into the hand cannon of Bloodborne. I forgot the name of it, but there is a huge... There's a weapon that you get, which is a big cannon, but mm-hmm. immediately, you get an explanation. Yes, it deals a significant amount of damage, but it deals no yeah. significant amount of damage to bosses. But at okay. the same time, it uses silver bullets. Silver bullets are farmable from enemies, special type mm-hmm. of enemies that shoots you. They usually drop silver bullets. You can buy silver bullets, and you can even use blood silver bullets from your mm-hmm. own HP. So there are several, already several ways into getting the silver bullets into yeah. even using Can't that, do that weapon. Deals lots of damage, but doesn't lead, deal a lot of damage. At the same time, it's a big weapon. There is a reward of using it. But if you do want to go that way, yes, you can. You don't have to. And at the same time, if you want to, yes, you can. It's like mm-hmm. there is a reward, like you said. But what yeah. you just said, there's no reward. You do it's, all of those frustrating things. There's no benefit things, to using but it. at the same time, it's just nothing. Yeah. Because I, I used it at one point. I was testing it out. 
on like an enemy at a distance. I was like, oh, if I kill him from here, I don't have to worry about it. Because I was in an area where there's a lot of little holes in the ground. You can fall to your death super easily. I was like, oh, I'll take him out from here since there's not much area over there. And it was a pain just to get it locked on because you would think at a distance, like, okay, you shoot once and it's like 10 feet short. If you aim up a lot, like a, a decent, like 10 degrees more and you shoot, you would think, oh, it's going to go like 10% further maybe or something. It shoots up and it drops super quickly. It always drops at the same, like, it, like let's say you shoot it. It'll always, at two seconds out, it's going to start dropping. So it's really hard to get it on target because it's hard to tell the trajectory of it. And then I get up to the, the, I shot the enemy, I think like three times. I used up all my ammo. I shot like eight times at him and I hit him like three times. I get up to him. It only had him down like half health. It was just worthless. It's there's no, Does there's it no scale with one of your main stats or no, there's, doesn't. you can't upgrade it or anything. You build That's, it and then it's, yeah, it just is what it is. Worse. You don't upgrade stats or anything. Like I said, the only things you upgrade are like your weapons. There's specific. Oh yeah. You just said that. Yeah. yeah there's specific items you pick up that you can upgrade each weapon four times. And then there's two specific items for each weapon that give you special like attacks with them. Um, other than that, there's no like stats like uh, vigor or like endurance or uh, dexterity. Like there's nothing like that. There's just different shells that you hop into and then the different weapons and that's it. But the bazooka lista is pointless in my opinion. Uh, I was really, I was like, f- like I said, when I got to the boss, I'm like, let's see how much damage it does. And I shot it. I'm like, that did nothing. And then, I, like, it literally did less damage than, like, one attack with my sword at the time. I was like, "This is what is the point of this? Like, why would I use this at any point in time? And, uh, I don't know. Mortal Shell has a lot that it could, improve, it could improve on. But I enjoyed it because it was a Souls-like game that came out at a time when there wasn't anything, like, Souls-like coming out. So I was happy with that, and I was happy to stream it. Plus, I won a copy of it from free from another streamer. So that was cool. Nice. Um, I never, I never win those things. I, my, I was so shocked. Well, we've talked about it earlier, but from what I said, you know that my like is uh, well, mm. a bit abysmal. My mm. start of luck in real life is really low. <laughs> yeah, but, I got yeah. lucky. There's like a hundred and like eighteen people that entered for it, and I won. And I felt bad nice. because so I stream on our Dead Jester Productions channel, right? But Oof. I don't really follow people on there. I follow them on my personal channel, which is just jmoskers2. I never stream on, on my personal channel, but that's where I follow the people that I, I would watch. So, But when I was watching her, I was getting ready to stream, and I was like, oh, I'll tune in. So I had my Digest Productions. I was logged into the Digest Productions account, and I was watching, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm not following her. Oh, this is weird. So I followed her, and then I won, and she's like, All right, let's see if you're following me. And she pulls up. It's like, oh, you followed a minute ago. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I feel bad because oh, well. I've been I've been following her for months on my other well, account. Well, your luck is your like. Why not? Why would you so, feel bad? But yeah, so I won the copy of the game that from game her, and then I, uh, yeah, no, it was fair. I did it fair and square. But uh, I donated to her stream, and I I basically essentially paid for the game in the end based on my donations. Well, there you too. have it. But, have yeah, it. so I don't feel bad anymore. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, either way, the game is fun. I enjoyed playing through it. The hub world sucks. The hub world is the worst part of that game by far for me. Just because it made it so confusing. as Like I said, there's no one... You can't have prior experience with the game because it's a new indie game. So, like, everyone going into it is going gonna, is gonna to be like, oh, Jesus. This is all looks yeah. the same. I got turned around so many times. Um, then once you get into the other worlds, it's very it's a lot more linear. And I enjoyed the, the outside worlds a bit more. 
bosses were a little disjointed, but I liked the hardening mechanic. I thought that was cool. It's kind of my takeaway from the game as a whole. Um, I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to add, really. We're a little over two and a half hours in here. By far, oh, my, yes, our longest podcast so far. Well, you know me, I talk a lot and I talk slowly. So, so basically, if this was someone else, it would be one hour or something. <laughs> but yeah, I think no, I it's, just to you're very informative on... and descriptive, which I really like. I like that, how much oh. information you can bring to the table on things. I think people appreciate that. Oh, why, thank you. Nice. But I just wanted to touch on a bit on Sekiro. Which, oh, yeah. Yeah, we can do that. I haven't played that, so I had nothing it's to talk not about. Su- it's not supposed to be Souls games, but it's it more definitely faster has certain it, right? aspects of it. It definitely... So, mm-hmm. it is a From Software. We can't even call it a Souls game. Yes, it has mm-hmm. certain aspects of it, but it's a From Software game. That's yeah, the similarity where it comes from. I need to get that and play from. that, yeah. I really should. I could stream that. And it's a really good game. It's a mm-hmm. extremely, extremely frustrating game. And what <laughs> the paradox of it, it is a very, very hard game. And it is a very, very easy game at the same time. <laughs> so if you grasp one mechanic, you can easily go through the entire game, no problem. If you don't grasp that mechanic and one or two key upgrades in the game, you will suffer. So it's fun to see people, you know, not getting that. And it's not your Dark Souls knowledge that carries into it. It's kind of a counter to Dark Souls because in Dark Souls you have your stamina bar and you're not used to just infinitely just attacking. Whereas in Sekiro, you can just infinitely attack. It's actually good. Oh, interesting. Yeah. There is no health bars per se, in Sekiro, but there is some sort of a stamina break bar where you can, if the stamina reaches its maximum, you will break the guard and will give you an opportunity to deal a critical blow. So usually one or two critical blows equals the enemy dead, which is pretty, pretty unique as a mechanic. Again, it's from software and they are well known of coming out with those mechanics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the world design is amazing. And as usual, and I love the game. It's quite unique. Yeah. And again, that's the thing that I really liked. I went to it as a Dark Souls player and I kind of mm-hmm. suffered and I had to <laughs> readjust, re-understand this. The good news, I also play fighting games. And there is a small aspect in fighting games that kind of resembles Sekiro. The parry system in Sekiro is really, really interesting. And there are memes about it. It's that yeah. it's pretty fast. Most enemies have like Gatling gun style attacks. So they will come at you with many attacks. If you know how to parry, easy game. Mm. So easy. You will stand on your ground and you just parry the entire world. But yeah. if you don't, you will suffer. <laughs> and there is a particular enemy. If you play the game, I would be there in your stream goes without saying okay. but there's a particular enemy that would probably break your run that would, it would definitely it is a run breaker for many it's like two bosses next to each other one of them is easy you'll figure out how to beat it easily but <laughs> the second you finish it you just advance like a hundred meters which is i don't know yeah. <laughs> well it's not a big distance anyway yeah no, and you will find a kind of a sub boss which is mm-hmm. right there, and it is so annoying because it just <laughs> k- 
keeps attacking. It's relentless. People who played Sekiro probably understand what I'm talking about. And there are even harder bosses than it later yeah. on. But um, for me, that, when you don't know how to play, is just completely overwhelming. I've recently watched a streamer just basically stop the game because he didn't know what to do. I kept dropping hints, but he didn't. Yeah. He wouldn't pick any hints, it was extremely tilted. It goes without saying, obviously. When you're tilted, you can't progress through any game. And you, he just keeps dying and coming back, repeating the same things, not thinking of new solutions, and it just breaks him. And I love that. But when you realize how to finish it, it is so easy, you will just be laughing. And that's the beauty of the Souls games. Yeah. That's one of the things. Because... The second thing that I wanted to talk about, briefly, of course, mm -hmm. is difficulty. Sekiro, when Sekiro dropped, many people were saying it's too hard and it needs an easy difficulty, laughably, seriously. Mm -hmm. I just said, the game is, yes, hard, but easy at the same time. If you understand its mechanics, it's a breeze, to be honest. But if you don't, yeah, it's going to be a pretty challenging game and sometimes it feels even harder than Soul Series. Yeah. which is pretty weird. Hmm. So people were talking about difficulty. And that's actually one of the best aspects that I like about From Software. They hmm. tune the game a certain way and they don't give you any other difficulty. You are meant to play the game this way. Not easy, not hard. Because I don't know if you remember or if you play other games and just take heed to those things. When you play the game on another difficulty, be it harder or easier, is just the same enemies with more HP or lesser HP or dumber AI. And yeah. they just either make the game weirdly and frustratedly hard or just stupidly easy for no reason. And if you just put the game on the right difficulty, you'll understand that this is the difficulty that you were supposed to play the game on. Mm -hmm. And it sucks because some games you need to play on hard, some games you need to play on easy. Mm -hmm. Doom Eternal, for example, if you play it on easy or normal, it's a joke. You shouldn't. Yeah, if again. you play it on a bit of on a bit of a challenging difficulty, it is a challenge. You will die a lot. But mm -hmm. the more creativity you have, the more fun you will have with the game. And you're mm -hmm. more badass, you feel. You use your weapons, you be, you know, be aware of the game, the, 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 the map. The map yeah. design is amazing. You will miss so much if you just play the game on easy. If you put the game on hardest, yeah, it becomes frustrating. Hmm. You can do it easily if you're just one of those guys, but it's just too frustrating. I played it on the hardest because I... That was me with I'm uh, used Halo to play 3. Games. Doing a yeah, Halo is through. one of the prime examples. Yeah. From one difficulty to the other, one is boring, the other is you just die and it's just frustrating mm -hmm. and you just resort into, okay, if I want to finish, I'm going to just be using the pistol and the green uh, covenant-like pistol. Yeah. So you just deplete shields with the green pistol and then you just headshots. That's not a game. It just mm. is just basically a strategy to cheese the game. And mm. I hate that. This is one of the things that I like. Like I said, there's just one difficulty in the Soul series and in Sekiro. Mm. You just figure it out and move along yeah. or just fall. That's the, it. The, and it's the one just reason amazing. I like the easier difficulties in like Halo games and shooters like that is I'll play them first because I'm just trying to experience the story of the game. I'm not looking for a challenge yet. I just want to experience the story of the game and I play through it that way. So I'm not being like frustrated by being stuck somewhere. It's like, I, I got this new game. 
I just want to enjoy it and see, like enjoy the story of it and enjoy the spectacle of it as opposed to having to beat it, if that makes sense. No, that's underst- I understand that. There's mm-hmm. many casual players. One of my friends... I mean, I always go uh, back to beat it on the hardest difficulty as well, but the first time through, it's like, I just want to enjoy it like a movie, almost. No, that's the thing. It's like, I'm not mm-hmm. saying about the game who should be too hard or too mm-hmm. easy. I'm saying that it should be just a difficulty that you should get into, and it should be a difficulty that is studied by the developers. Mm-hmm. So it's not too hard, it's not too easy. Like I said, Fair enough. Yeah, the yeah. Soul series, you can one-shot everything. You can make the game too easy, or you can make the game too hard for yourself. Mm-hmm. If you respect the game, you can make it easy. You can go without being hit, you can go without dying, you can go with one-shotting, you can go with dying a lot, you can go with not knowing and understanding There's the game. There's so many so, ways to play it. Yeah, it feels like it's a dynamic difficulty. Yeah, mm-hmm. at the same time, there is none. There is none. But yeah. imagine if there are difficulties in Dark Souls. What is the what's the easy difficulty is going to be? It's just going to be a destruction of this the, the, the identity of the Soul series. It's mm-hmm. basically you cheating. That's the easy difficulty. It's just you attacking <laughs> the enemy once or twice and they would die, and you not losing too much HP. That's easy difficulty, and that's stupid difficulty to be honest, because mm-hmm. you would be missing so much. One thing that I like is the newer games creating the story difficulty. That's a good one. You're not. Yeah. familiar with games so many games i'm currently just just barely getting to horizon zero dawn and there is a oh, story yeah. difficulty obviously i'm not going to use it because well i i play video games but <laughs> it's it's good yeah it's there for people that don't know how to use a controller that want to mm-hmm. experience the game it will just handhold them and it will give them the story they wish they will experience the game and that's mm-hmm. it even though I am a tiny bit against it because video games are meant to be challenging. And if it's if there is no failure state in a video game, then it's not a video game. Let's not forget the roots of a video game. But yeah. at the same time, I'm fine with it. Again, I'm an older gentleman and I understand these kind of things. You have life, you have responsibilities, and you can't put eight hours a day into a video game. Yet mm. some of these must be the way they are. The difficulty sometimes must be, you know, something so yeah it's like okay don't just throw difficulties at a game study them a bit don't just give me too much hp and too much power firepower that will destroy the game or make it extremely hard for no reason also that will destroy the game mm. i am a big fan of the halo series but halo on legendary is just a joke come on mm. what's the reason of that Call well, of Duty on the hardest difficulty is just a joke all you see is yeah. grenades after grenades after grenades <laughs> oh, there's no right. challenge there no it's yeah. just enemies with AI-like aim that will never mm. fail to kill you, and there's nothing you can do. It's not difficulty. The real mm. difficulty is, like I said, in the Soul series, enemies are difficult, but there are yeah. many ways to approach them to make it easy on yourself. It's yeah. all up to you as a player, mm. whether you are a good player or just one that will easily give up. I think you said it best when you said you just have to respect the game in order to... Progress. Yeah, that's a fighting games term yeah. for our fans here who play fighting games. They'll understand this. You mm. are meant meant to press buttons when someone is attacking you with <laughs> positive frame attacks. You just respect them, let them do their things. When they finish, you do your thing. If you press any button, you would pay for it dearly. Same for <laughs> Dark Souls. Yeah, nice. I think it's a good place to wrap it up. I think you you put a real bow on it. 
indeed it is. Sounds good. Well, thank you again so much for for coming on. By far our longest podcast ever. Oh, two hours forty six minutes in here. Um, well, we both fun. love the the, the, the yeah, song series, and you know absolutely. we can just keep talking about them for the duration. I mean, the dawn is almost breaking here. To be honest, in my yeah. current town, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, even here it's eleven thirty at night. <laughs> So, I mean, it's not yeah. like it's super early here. But no, I, oh, good I'm really news glad is we found that. I am to, basically but... nocturnal. I'm trying yeah. to fix my sleep, but it's going to take me a while. Yeah. So, no, I'm glad we finally got to do this. I know we talked about it last time you were on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about it last time you were on. We were looking to do this, and it obviously there was a big gap in between then and now, but I'm really happy we got to do this. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. Really appreciate no problem, you coming no. on. Is there anything you want to promote while you're here? No, not no. really, as usual. I'm yeah. just a fan. <laughs> if you want nice. to see my playthrough of Dark Souls, please, by all means, go visit my YouTube channel, which is All Things Yagami. I know it's a bit dead these days, but hopefully maybe when the, I don't know, upcoming days are coming, maybe I'll just resume streaming or something. But yeah. if you just want to see most of the games I play, you can find them there. Very nice. And if you want to see Mortal Shell gameplay... I just the other day I uploaded all of the main boss fights. I, I uploaded a lot of like gameplay and stuff like that, some achievement guides, all the little things on the side. Basically all like the tidbits of the game without the uh the grind throughout. I kind of shortened it down so people can see all the little highlights of it if anyone wants to check it out that sort of thing. Uh I don't know if it's still on my Twitch or not. I know being a affiliate you get a little bit longer uh time on your videos on demand, but I did a my Dark Souls 3 playthrough. I know that was available at one point. And I'm going to start uploading my punishment stream on Dark Souls 3 onto our YouTube as well, which is a broken straight sword playthrough where I take a, nice. a shot of hot sauce every time I die. <laughs> Oof. That's going to I did, I think, over four and a half to five hours, I did 11 shots of hot sauce. Again, that probably had a big impact on your intestines. It. The worst part was I probably could have avoided seven or eight of those because the uh, uh, undead burger, whatever, right before the rot, the curse rot of Greatwood, you can go up into that bell tower, you know, where the giant is. I don't know how many times I, I just tried rushing and I fell to my death <laughs> uh, on the bell tower there. I just kept jumping down too quickly or, or rushing and I died. And uh, yeah, it, oh, what a waste. But uh, yeah, go go check out DeadJesterProductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff. Deadjester Productions on Twitch. I stream Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays from 1.30 to 6 p.m. Eastern Time, U.S. And uh, yeah, just go go to DeadJesterProductions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff. Uh, our poster is in, in the process. I don't know if you heard about that. We're working on a poster with an artist. He's uh, sent the sketch over today. So hopefully by the end of September here, That'll be all, all taken care of and done. People can check that out. I'm really excited for it. Um, but yeah, that's all we got going on. Thank you again for for stopping in. Really appreciate it. I had a good time. Have so a nice fun. day. Thank you. Thank you. See everybody next time.